Welcome to Waiting for Game, podcast presented by Melee Stats, a podcast that uh, fans famously say, not as good as Radio Melee. And uh, you know what? I, I, I do actually agree with that, but we've got a few things that Radio Melee doesn't have. One, we've got me, your host, Gimme That Wheat, and importantly, one other thing that Radio Melee does not have is this guy over here with new glasses for some reason. We've got my co-host, the guy who's working on 1.04 Melee right now. We've got Edwin Buddy. What is going on, Edwin? I'm doing well, man. I'm so glad to be here. It really feels like both everything and nothing has happened this week in Melee. And typically when these sorts of things happen, uh, we bring on a very charismatic, fun guest that we that we get. A fan favorite, some might say. So with that, I'd like to introduce the third party to this podcast. And returning waiting for game guest, the Crimson Blur. Blur, what have you been up to? How's it hanging? Tell us everything. I'm fantastic. Uh, I've been playing a lot of video games, like I tend to do. Uh, just beat God one gamer. today. Like, I, dude, I'm on a journey to be the most informed person about video games in the in human history, and I'm pretty close already. Like, I know so much, and I yet I, there's still so much more to learn. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm having a great time. I'm I'm uh, gonna go to Battle BC pretty soon, so my man wow. life's gonna be yeah. pretty, pretty dope there. Um, and so yeah, I got a question I'm, about I'm the video excited. games. Did you do that little uh, Twitter thing that was going around where it's like a hundred games and like you check off? Did you do that? No, I didn't. Because first of all, I feel like it's so basic. Unless you don't, if, unless you have some deep cuts in your library, are you like you're just so not. You th- you think it's not worth doing because you're already at 100. No, I'm, I'm definitely not. But it's more like I spent a lot more time on, like, indie deep cuts. Mm. I'm like, uh, you know, you know, like some of those music fans who, like, only listen to the Vogue stuff. And I still haven't gone around to, like, I mean, I still haven't beat Symphony of the Night. Like, like that, that's the kind of level of, like, there's some, like, best games of all time, which I you haven't, haven't listened to. You haven't listened to Led Zeppelin 4 yet, right? That's the... That's yeah, yeah, but but I've but I've uh, you know been around the block with like the indie rock band, you know, mm-hmm. like and and gone on tour with them a few times. So I'm still on my way around to it, though. Really quick, we I promise we'll get to talking about melee. I thought Led Zeppelin two was the one that like people really loved. I thought no, Led Zeppelin... no, Led Zeppelin two is like the okay, Edwin. Led Zeppelin two is the wish you were here of their discovery. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought that I, I wasn't sure. I was confusing two. I didn't, wasn't sure whether two was the wish you were here or whether four was the wish you I got it. Okay. Sorry, we won't talk about that anymore. I, that was the most uh, concise way I could put it into Edwin's terms you can understand. Beautiful. I, I already like it. If the listeners don't get it, you will someday or you won't. Go listen to, hey, go listen to Radio Melee. <laughs> I, I like Radio Melee, by the way. I, Edwin, did you see the comment? I hate to, like, call out YouTube comments. They said that we're not as informed as Radio Melee because I didn't put Amsa in my top five. I, I had a hot take, and I put Pluff in over. And they were, yeah. like, they were like, dude, he beat Leffen and Cody. They're like, he beat Leffen, who you have in the bottom half of the, the top ten. And uh, and this is why Radio Melee does their research more. Hey, like, damn, dude, I, just they've got two charismatic hosts. Post. What can I say? We're, we're we really always acknowledge the YouTube comment. Like that what? person has won. Uh, I, know, I know we've always done rankings, but were we always reevaluating our year-long rankings after literally every set? Because it feels like that's what, what it's become, where it's like 
someone goes to lose and we're like, you know what? He might be fourth for the year. Like, I don't know. Like, no good anymore. I'm like, dude, it's just like you might win through losers for all you know. Like, just chill out. It is because, Blur, we are so collectively down bad for the kind of stakes that we have. Uh, yes. No, we're so down bad. Blur, I remember last year you were you were telling us we got to bring back rankings, bro. We got to bring them back. Like, even if we got three months, fuck it. We got to just look at those three months. You got we got to get something out. Melee stats, you guys are doing us. You're thinking you're thinking about whether the ranking's good or not. You're not thinking about content. You're not thinking about the scene. Edwin, what's wrong with you? You gotta you gotta think like this. Wheat, why don't you make a list? Get it, get it out. You were telling us this in like in like August. <laughs> then we made a list. We did make a list. <laughs> it, it was called the Blur Rank. And and it was great. sick. I liked it. Uh you might say I it's the best ranking. Some it is the only ranking <laughs> that exists for the scene right now. And Here's uh, a question. I think, I think you're did, right did about Jay the stakes Luke, thing. Yeah. Did Jay Mook make Blur Rank? Yeah, he was like 15th or something. Okay, I looked up Blur Rank. Uh, it, it's ranking Blur, the, the British band. It's ranking their albums. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Edwin. Edwin, the okay, so the Wish You Were Here for Blur is probably uh, 13. <laughs> Look, I remember, I remember this from the show. Jamu did make the the list, and I think the graphic somehow forgot him. Jamu like, was twenty sixth. Oh, he's twenty sixth. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's the only person on that that graphic that's on screen right now who's, who's somehow missing. But yeah, <laughs> Jamu, a funny player, a player who I think uh, I don't think we talk about enough that he is a top five ish player. He might just be top five. Uh, you know, you talk about rankings; it's like insane that. Like, we all knew he was good, so it's not, like, a surprise, but it's just, I think we've all No, it's a surprise. It's a, it's a surprise. <laughs> I think we accepted the surprise so quickly, right? Uh, Every day, I, I think we should talk about how Jay Mook, it's crazy that he's this good. I, number one, I haven't accepted the surprise, and uh, realistically, it's only two events, right? So, you don't actually become a top five player until a full, full like, calendar year. The eye test says he's actually of that skill level, so that's like the disturbing part in the sense that I actually think it'll hold up because he just looks that good. I mean, you watch a guy play friendlies against these top players, you're like, he's just going pretty even or sometimes winning as these guys. Looks perfectly comfortable, not nervous, like just just completely completely informed. So I actually think he'll he'll keep it up, but um, it is a surprise that doesn't happen in melee. Uh, exactly. I don't think it's ever happened in the history of the game where a guy jumped up this much. Like, basically, clearly, as you see with the ranking, in January, people were saying he was 26th. And by and two months later, the people were saying he's fifth. That's never happened in the melee, in melee before. Literally, ever. Uh, not even close. Uh, nothing nothing even close to that. Yeah, I mean, Blur, even if you remember the, the day of, like, Genesis Top 8, I tweeted something like, even, like, when, you, when we're talking about precedent of, like, as someone who's seen as a respectable player and like uh, them suddenly potentially being in top three of winners finals, you'll remember one of the things I said about JMook, like if you truly, you truly want to find an example of precedent where someone like seated low made it to like winners finals at like this tournament, at a tournament of like Genesis caliber, like I got to say, and I, I wrote this in the tweet and I could not believe it. Because usually I have, a, I have a pretty, like, 
level-headed about this stuff. I typically don't overreact. I said, literally, this might be the biggest underdog run in the history of Melee for someone like JMook to get to winner's finals of, Gen of Genesis 8. That's literally, like, maybe in 10 years we evaluate differently. But I'm going to be honest. That's stunning on a level that's comparable to like Armada coming here and beating everyone. I think I think I think it's the biggest one. Period. Yeah. I, I think there I think is actually so. no close comparison because Armada was the it's best of a continent. Truly unprecedented. Armada was known to be the consistent, dominant best of a continent, and we were just ignorant to how good Europe was. Like this is more like someone who people were even saying he's the best of his coast or even up there. Really, you know, literally ranked twenty six. Right, like that is not. Like, even as much as West Coast and other people doubted Armada going in, like, I don't think... He was good. Armada was good. Yeah. Like, we didn't think he would beat, like, uh, like the, the best of the, the best. The top 10, yeah. but, like, yeah. yeah, he's if he's best in Europe, he's not going to be a scrub, you know? <laughs> with with like, Jamie, we I know you're going to say this, so I'm going to attribute this to you, but with Wheat put it in such a very, in a great way. Wheat was, like... The expectation was like, yeah, Jamu could be top 100, but like he doesn't go to much, but he'll beat top 100 players if they go to upstate New York. Then it was like, okay, Jamu's competing in net play tournaments and like, you know, he could be top 50. And then he like did it again and was like, all right, like now we know a lot about Jamu. We know that he can compete with top 20 players. And then it was like, wait a second, Jamu got, Jamu got second at Genesis? It's like, it's like when Armada was around, it was like, we didn't know. But with Jamu around, it was like, ah. Now we finally know how good James. So, is. so like, here's oh. my theory on this. By the way, is that um, we just had a confluence of two things happen at the same time, and we're adjusting to it. And this is the re it's the reason why there's an aberration. Number one, the skill level of the game has changed at the fastest pace it ever has since the beginning of the game, which is like 2004, 2000, some on. Which is crazy to say, because last I checked, the game is like 21 years old, right? So because of Slippy things change in terms of who's good, who's bad, right? Some people fall off and some people gain skill at a, a very rapid di difference because you're able to put in way more games now than you ever were before and you have way better practice tools. That happened at the same time where we had the lowest amount of competition that we've had for like the last like decade or so because of COVID, right? So in that time, we had the, uh, the, the least tools for our own collective consciousness to determine who was good and who was bad right so you combine like a, an actual high variance in in who's good and who's bad with an extreme uncertainty about you know um uh, uncertainty among ourselves uh about you know how good who, other people uh, are how good other people are and having the data for it uh that like they all came at once and jamuk actually might have been this good for a little bit longer than we knew but we just didn't have tournaments to prove it for a bit. And also, like, I think that rapid jumps in skill are more possible now in a shorter period of time. It literally just feels like a completely different community. It's almost like we reset to, like, the early days where it's like, well, how good is this person? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Right. It's like we're now in this new era where, like, it's just completely reset. Where we, like, we actually cannot tell how good, like, some of these hidden boss players are in, like, a way that's distinct. From even and like this is an era where we're supposed to have information. We're supposed to know so many, so many things. It's like, oh, this thing that you thought you knew and you took for granted in this era where you have all this data and stuff. Wrong. Like, actually, this guy's top ten. It's like, what? How? Like, it's just yeah. it's it's a wild time. I mean, it really feels like 
I don't know, Edwin, you know, the two of us, we're little nerds. Uh, we've got this, like, obsessive trait where, like, every single thing we like, we can't just like a little bit of it. Um, you know, hence why I've got, like, you know, a thousand CDs behind me. And then, you know, like, every like every top 100 NBA players, like point totals or whatever, you know, like, like we've got like an obsessive trait about us. And of course that lends itself to melee very well. So it feels like we have all this knowledge and there's like very few things that I really think surprise the two of us. Right. Even the shocking upsets. It's like, you know what? I can see that happening. Um, Jay Mook is like, yeah. Jay Mook is just emblematic of this era where I feel like we have no idea what's going on. We're going to have a top, uh, list i don't think it's been announced that many we're gonna have a summer rank coming up pretty soon you know um i know that's been announced i don't think a release date's been announced but like we have to actually figure it out now it feels like we had all this fun we you know we oh watch J mook uh always oh, beating zane now we had all this fun and now like it there's a, a boots to the ground type of thing where it's like okay well now you actually gotta to do the work um but you also what we have before then we have a few events coming up. We've got J-Mook. You know, J-Mook's going to Battle BC. He's going to Gommel. And uh, the latter of which is going to be an event on the Panda Cup. Blair, you talked about how we had this, like, you know, this drought of events because of COVID. 2022 is seemingly, you know, I, I, I wouldn't call it, like, um, I don't know. It's been such a long time since we had all these events. But it just, like, feels like it's a new era, right? We have all these events going on. We have all these uh, circuits, and of course, we have the the new Panda Cup that was just announced after what, like six months after the original announcement. Blur, you are a very knowledgeable, man. What did you think of this Panda announcement? How did this affect you? Well, I kind of knew everything about it for a long time, so it didn't really affect me very much. Uh, I kind of already made up my mind about it a long time ago, um, and. Um, I, I mostly just believe that, you know, it's 100K for the Smash scene. We appreciate it. Um, and uh, I think for the most part, I expect it to be run well because I think Panda should be able to do that. Um, and, um, you know, I expect it to be another event on the calendar. That's that's my current expectation for it. Um, you know, I hesitate to call it a circuit because – Honestly, I think that the term is overused. Uh, I, I think most of the community products so far haven't really met that standard. Uh, not much, at least. But I'm happy to have more prizing into the game. I'm happy to have more organizations put their put a stake into the game. I think, of course, there's still a ton of questions around it. But, yeah. I mean, whatever, man. We're going to play some, some Smash Brothers is kind of where I'm at with it. I'm not exactly excited uh like on a great big picture scene level for it uh but uh, i don't think you have to be i think i'm about as excited for it as i am uh i don't know any other major getting announced uh for for like any weekend that's about about as much as, as i can muster yeah so are you just not excited because i don't know when, when you're when you get to be like you in the scene so much i mean we talked about surprises stuff like this for people like you doesn't come as a surprise. Is that why you say you're not excited or is there like something deeper? Um, I just, I just don't see in terms of design and philosophy for it to be something that addresses the core problems that like, like slippy address some core problems, right? 
uh, in terms of like, oh, now everyone can play online. It, it helped us get through COVID, all this sort of stuff. Like, is this development going to be the type of thing that grows the game 5 10% or even 1%? Probably. I don't really see that at the moment, right? Um, is it going to get a whole bunch of people sponsored? I don't know. It was announced seven months ago and again, and I haven't heard a difference in terms of that. Is it going to get Zane Hungerbox slightly more money? Yes. Is it going to get Nintendo more involved? Uh, sounds like it, and I still don't really understand why, uh, but maybe we'll get to that later. Um, and so it's kind of like, all right, well, we've lived through all sorts of things. I'm sure it's just going to be another event, and uh, we're going to get to see some good Melee, and I love any, any excuse for that. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Edwin, what do you think? The question I have for this that uh, is a little... Um... I really have a clear answer to this and i guess this i mean I'll, i guess that's why i'm asking it how is the um maybe we'll get into this a little bit more later but something i'm curious about is how like big tournaments and regionals can be on whatever this is like listed as an event for the panda cup while also being in say the papa john circuit or the papa john's league or whatever you want to call it i wonder how um I wonder how tournaments are able to handle that, like if there's not a conflict of interest or if there's not like pressure from any of the circuits to not like be involved in the other one. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, so to break it down, the reason why I don't call these things circuits really is because there's no teeth in joining that each of them. The Papa John's thing is actually more impactful than the Panic Up in a way because <laughs> it's, it's actual sales rights being given and coordinated among tournament organizers which is something we haven't really been able to do right so to give a, a, a layman's breakdown the two most important properties for a tournament is their sales rights and their broadcast rights right broadcast rights means what platform and channel you will be broadcast on and uh, sales rights is what sponsors are displayed on your stream in your venue what sort of th things you, you sell in that respect. So those are like the core things that actually are of value, especially when talking about these sort of projects, right? Neither of those powers are given to anything into the scene with the exception of the Papa John's thing where <laughs> basically BTS came and said, hey, we have this Papa John's opportunity. Uh, you guys want some money? And they were like, yes, yes, sure. You know, fine. But like, you know, the having a list of events that are actually in some cases, like you mentioned on SWT and on, uh, on the Papa John's, Panda yeah. cup and have Papa John's and they have all of the above uh, shows that like, there isn't really a greater structure to this entire thing. And much, these are, it's actually much closer to, um, you know, someone having qualifying spots to get in mm -hmm. than it is like a Capcom pro tour or a Tekken world tour or those equivalents, right? Because it, it doesn't really coordinate in the same way. <clears throat> you know, PTAS and I had a conversation that was pretty interesting a couple months ago. And it was basically, it was something that you, you mentioned, right? It's about Summit. Some you use Summit as an example. And I was like, like, what is a tour, right? What is a circuit? What is a tour? Um, Summit has spots where if you get top whatever at Genesis or main stage or, you know, who knows the big house or whatever, um, you get a slot into Summit. And I was like, what if instead of having 
six people, eight people who are invited or whatever, and six people who need to qualify. What if it's four people who get invited and four people who qualify, and then suddenly two slots at this tournament, two slots, like, right? It, it becomes this like messy thing. And Panda Cup is a really interesting, um, just like format, I, I, I guess. Like, we haven't explained it yet. Um, this is not like Smash World Tour, right? You know, Smash World Tour is a very kind of by the books as you can be for something like this, where it's just like you get points for doing well at an event, uh, you get points more points for doing well at a bigger event and you get fewer points for doing well at a smaller event and whoever has the most points at the end goes right you know they've got a little thing where even if you're 50th in points if you're the person who has the most points in south america you get to go they've got cool stuff like that but it's pretty standard panda cup not really like that right so they have a few different tournaments they've got like ceo um gommel smash factor big house etc they got some other stuff for melee and it's about like getting slots there. So two slots at a bigger one, three slots maybe. Uh, and then there's apparently a slots that are picked by a panel. So yeah, it's this kind of weird thing where like we are seeing yet another different format. And uh, I don't know. It was very intriguing to me when I first heard about it. Edwin, I don't know if you had any thoughts on this like hybrid panel qualification type thing. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I'm not really crazy about that. I, I wonder what went into that decision, if they just thought it would be easier to reward people who won events and to like automatically get them to the final one. And if they just did not want to come up with a quantitative system for the latter, and they wanted to outsource so, that. Uh, a question maybe you guys know the answer to, because I haven't asked anyone this. Do you guys know if the panel only takes results from Panda Cup events or from all events? Do you guys, do either of you guys know the answer to that question? Because the site doesn't make it clear. That is a great question. I do yeah, not know. Amazing question. Wish we answer <laughs> it. I wish wish we knew. <laughs> wish we knew the answer. Which is which is another reason why it's hard to get excited. Is that there were seven months of no communication and everyone thinking it's dead. And then now it comes out and everyone has a bunch of questions. None of them are answered. And the it seems like we're back to it being radio silence again, whether they're being handcuffed by Nintendo or whatever. I don't think you can run a large project for a grassroots community without having like actual community management, you know, like, like genuine conversation and openness. Uh, and you know, uh, these sort of things just dehype the thing where mm -hmm. like, we don't know how it works. We don't know if we should care and we don't know, um, the basics of it. Right. You know, if you put all the answers on the website, then man, I wouldn't be complaining, but it's not even close to that. And then as someone who's made literally, literally authored, co-authored, uh, along with Nintendo, every rules document the scenes used for the last like 10, 12 years, their rules documents like a joke. Like it's like, bro, at least copy and paste, bro. Like we'll take it. We don't care. Just, you know, it's, it's, there's like a 50 page manifesto that's been worked on for over a decade, like genuine hard work. And you're out there banding, chain grabbing. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, it's just, it's that rules document. It's like, oh my God. If, if, if a term like Big House accepts that as like their actual rules document, I'm just like, I, I don't even know what to say anymore because Genesis just, just like put out like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life as their rules. I think I don't like, I can't even, I'm so exasperated on this sort of stuff that as you can see, I'm, I'm past that point of just being like, well, I'm going to show up and that's cool. I don't, I don't. You know, I, I don't want to put too much energy into it because I, I, I'm not seeing other people pick up their, their responsibility where they where they should, right? Um, 
mm-hmm. because like legitimately like i cannot believe the rules uh that are being put out for our biggest tournaments right now it's just kind of crazy yeah i think there's a lot of confusion right you know why is there a panel what does the panel look at? Stuff like that. Edwin, I think to answer your question, I think this is the Mango Clause. I think this is getting Mango to your event when he did not do anything to qualify. When he gets when he gets ninth at every single tournament that he enters that's partnered with Panda, I think this is the Mango Clause. So like you're like, okay, well, well let's get him well, for this one. Well, good luck because they're, they put their, their weekend on the weekend before Christmas, which mm-hmm. is the worst weekend in the entire year to pick. Literally, of, of every... If there's, if there's a weekend in the year to pick, that's the worst one. And they're directly put themselves on the calendar uh, after back-to-back weekends of main stage, then SWT, and then yeah. it'll be Panda Cup. So it's like, dude, if, if of those three events I just listed, the majority of the top players are – like if I know the minds of top players, and I think I do, uh, they're going to skip the one that's the weekend before Christmas, and they're going to skip the one that has a lower prize pool than SWT – yeah. And like in general, like is the the, the brand that they haven't uh, been going to every year, like main stage. So like, I I think he might he might still not show up. The panel might pick him, and he might not show up, <laughs> right? Like I, I I don't know. I like the the date is 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 ridiculous. The rules are ridiculous. The communication's been bad. I still don't. Uh, they still have an answer at least to the community. I, I might know have good reason good reasons to believe they have an answer to the community why Nintendo's evolved at all. Like all these big questions are still all out there. And they're probably just going to stay out there, and they're probably going to make everyone a little bit less hyped about the product if it continues. Yeah, one thing, uh, one thing really quick I want to mention as far as December is concerned, and this is not necessarily a Panda Cup exclusive thing, but I'm starting to get a little worried at the log jamming of events during like the end of the year. I'm not quite sure when the final, um, you know, depending on what happens with SSBM rank, I don't know when sure that like the, the final rank will be or MPGR or whatever. And I'm a little worried about like, um, Weeds brought this point up before on the show about events being a buyer's market, about top players being a bit more selective about what they want to prioritize, frankly, what risk, what event they're willing to take a COVID risk for to go to and what's like worth their time. And I just worry a little bit that in December, when you have, what are we having right now? We have Smash World Tour. We have Panda Cup. We have in consecutive weekends, starting off December, we have Main Stage. We've got Smash World Tour Finals. We've got Panda Cup Finale. And then as Blair said, we have right after, we've got the Christmas. So like it is back to back to back to back stuff. Um, I think you're right. You know, we've seen people talk about this in years past before we had circuits before we had anything like that that was you know out there um we've seen people talk about like uh burnout just like burnout just like melee needs an off season people would say that uh this was before all that remember remember when it felt like big house was the last time to show your stuff maybe like you know you had other events after that but that felt like the real last big one and like then, that or summit right or typically- well then summit came around and they would throw late <laughs> yeah. stuff but yeah i mean like if you look back at the big events, we've had big events in December. We've had big events in November, late November, stuff like that. But um, the I mean, like, yeah, the- there was intentionality in the design. Again, I ran the calendar for so long. I mean, I still yeah. have access to it and stuff, but other people are running it. But like, we've, we spaced it out intentionally for so long, and to see these TOs now revert to old ways, it's like they forgot how the world works. 
of not having events for three, four months and then putting it all on back to back to back weekends. It's like you're asking for trouble. It's not good for viewership. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the storyline. You know what? It's, it's not. It's not good for the game. Not safe. I don't. I mean, who yeah. knows what yeah, it's going to be, right? For that reason. But I, after what we saw at Smash World Tour last time uh, and what, you know, Omicron and everything like that, I would not feel comfortable being a player and being like, okay, I'm going to fly to three different events in three different weeks and then go visit my family on Christmas the next week. Um, I would not feel comfortable doing that in a time where we don't know what's going on with COVID, right? We don't really <laughs> feels like every time we think we know something, you know, we get a curveball thrown at us, but I would say that winter we kind of know is going to be not a great time. We don't know the magnitude, but it's just going to be probably worse than, than like, you know, is normally. Um, so it's, it's always a weird thing. I, I don't know. I, when it comes down to it, the announcement came out and I distinctly remember the announcement of smash world tour like the the grand announcement of smash world tour 2022 i really don't remember the panda cup announcement um and that was really recent so i don't know what that says right this was something where i um i don't think i'm not excited i cautiously optimistic maybe is probably the the phrase that i would use but i don't yeah i mean blair I, i'm with you i don't really have something where i'm like going nuts over this this is you know, was supposed to be the big thing. It maybe is still supposed to be the big thing. And uh, I need it to be proven. I uh, Like, I need them to prove to me that I should be getting as excited as everyone says. Um, and I think, you know, you talk about all these questions. I think a great one is what's Nintendo doing in all of this, right? This was the Nintendo circuit, was it not, right? Like, this was announced as the Panda has worked with Nintendo to bring you this thing. Uh, and now we are seeing... You know, a lot of words and like a lot of specific phrasing, which makes sense on their end, but the community I don't think understands, right? This is not a Nintendo sponsored event, as far as I know. This is a Nintendo partnered event, right? That's or licensed, right? Licensed. Yeah, there's see, that's the... Edwin. This is a perfect example, right? This is uh, it, there's just a lot of confusion. Like, what does this mean? Uh, well, uh, let me let me break down the legalese for uh, the people who aren't used to this stuff. I guess please do. Um. So what is the difference between uh, being licensed, being partnered, and being sponsored, okay? Um, so being a, a, a license, usually when it, when it comes to esports and sports in general, um, and actually in, 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 in many things, in toy manufacturing, many things, is when someone gives their IP, their brand, to another organization and says, hey, you can use it either for a fee or for free. Right. And they have stipulations built into it. Right. That's a license. Many events in the past have gotten a license from Nintendo. So like Big House, uh, Genesis, whatever, when they had the Nintendo logo, they were usually licensed. That means uh, Nintendo said, hey, you can use our game and you can use our logo. Um, just play these Splatoon ads. Right. Um, and that was the quote unquote fee for using Smash Brothers and uh, running a tournament for their game. Um, that's a license. Right. Uh, a sponsorship is very explicitly like Papa John's, right? Give money, money, right? Like they're, they're, uh, they're explicitly providing support, um, not running the event, but it's specifically talking about giving some sort of aid towards the operation of the event for usually marketing, right? That's generally what the word sponsorship is used for. Partnership is a loaded term that could be mean a lot of things. It can mean co-ownership, but it could also mean as little as, hey, we'll 
put some tweets out for you. Like it literally could be that. It's like we have a we have to do one tweet a month about this product, right? And that's it. <laughs> like that that that's technically, that's technically we're in partnership with the company. We're just two people who have a contract partnership with with each other, and you can ex- expand that term as much as you want. Now, it for in terms of the public eye, uh, Pan is like, hey, it's a partnership. Don't freak out, guys. But end of the day, on the announcement, on the graphic, you see the terms at the bottom, and you see what's on the website at the bottom. Those are there on purpose. A lawyer from Nintendo approved those words and said, this is the kind of relationship that we want with this product. We're keeping it at arm's length, and they're not doing it on accident, right? Um, so they can say whatever they want, but the words are there for a reason, and I think people kind of see through it. So um, anyway, it's like... This is actually a good scenario. <laughs> it's not like I want Nintendo to be more involved. Uh, so, sure, I guess it's a license, but it doesn't answer the core question of, well, okay, well, why the hell do you have them in the first place? <laughs> right? Like, that question is not is, is the one that people really want answered, and I think they're the one they're going to have a hard time answering uh, in a public way, um, and so they haven't been. And so, like, that core question of, like, so w- w- why? But, but, but why? We went through, like, all this arduous pain uh, when, when they were involved our events and decide, and, and if it seemed like we made a clean break especially with the big house thing and people were no longer licensing their events but now you as an organization have brought them back into our events poor k like justify please right uh publicly please i would i would prefer this <laughs> um but yeah no answer on that front and uh i think that's like the thing that a lot of people would need to hear in order to trust it. And, and by the way, look, I'm not just a curmudgeon here. Literally, like, watch the streams immediately after it was all announced. Like, watch Moki. Watch, um, you know, I think Zane was live. I think a bunch of people were live right afterwards. Mango's first tweet after was, like, should I be excited for this? Yeah. You know, like, like it, it, am I going? Should I go? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, I, I'm it, read the first Reddit thread. This is just general how the sentiment has been from it and it's not because people want to see this thing fail we all want everything to succeed that involves our game it's because there's been so little communication and we're also cautious and tired of being burned by you know you know who that uh you're gonna have to be a little bit more transparent than they have been like that's just the natural course of things when you do something this bold you have to like face it face to face you can't just kind of avoid it and um you know so i I don't I, i think it's a it's a losing strategy, personally. But maybe they'll pull it off. Who knows? Yeah, one thing I'm... Um, one thing we talked about, like, the lack of transparency into what Nintendo could be providing events or whoever's part of this... Um, per- whoever's part of this. But something I'm particularly concerned about is, like, the, the focus on licensing on its own. I don't know what that... Uh, now, Blur, you can correct me if my, like, understanding of this is incorrect or if, if it's related at all. Um, I am a little worried of, like, what this means for, like, other events that are not on this circuit or maybe on another event streaming from their channel. So it's, like, if, um, if Nintendo struck down VODs of, like, uh, another tournament or something for, for breaking IP, I guess maybe people from the Panda end or, like, people from their Cup end could say that that's already a risk. But is that risk, one, heightened by the existence of a circuit that they or whatever they're running, or however way you want to describe it, is that threat heightened by them having their name attached to giving a license to someone else, or is that threat not heightened by that? I guess would be my question. I, I mean, 
Okay. So I think the clear answer to this, this, this question is yes, it actually heightens the risk for a few reasons. Um, okay. Every CND that's ever come out in terms of melee, literally in the history of melee, every sort of stoppage or whatever has come from NOA, right? There's no exceptions to this. Um, and which is weird because you go on Reddit and you go to uninformed parts of the internet and everyone's like, NOJ is the problem. Like, you know, NOA is the only one who's shut down anything ever in the history of the game. Uh, but fine. Uh, and 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 what I mean by this is that within NOA, there is and, and has become a group called Nintendo Versus, right? They're like the guys who are supposed to care about the competitive games for, for, their, for, the, for Mario Kart, for Splatoon, for, for us or whatever, right? Um, they run those online things for Ultimate. Um, they're the ones who would have to approve the licensing of Panda Cup. They're the ones who shut down Big House, right? It's all that. It's all right there. It's not. It's not that different. You don't have to think about all this. You know the ladders and chains. It's not that complicated. Uh, there is obviously conversations within the company, but in terms of the, the the focus in the center of decision making, that's where it is. And so, when our community collaborates with that that group it makes it so that that group has a greater standing in the company is able to hire more people is able to show those wins to their bosses is able to do yada 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 and that actually makes it so that those guys are able to justify and keep their jobs a little bit better uh when otherwise you kind of sit there and you're wondering you're running you know i guess these online ultimate things they get like a few uh, you know, maybe maybe a few hundred to a few thousand viewers at max, right? And, uh, you know, what what is the purpose of you in terms of, like, compared to a regular marketing uh, coordinator, mm -hmm. right? Um, but, yeah, you know, giving them more justification for their existence is is one of the problems. And that is, that's part, part and parcel with it. But also, here's the thing, right? Like, it also might not really matter because... Mm -hmm. The only scenario where that, what I said before, really comes to pass and becomes true is for Panda Cup and those related ideas to succeed so wildly and beyond current mm -hmm. expectation that it would mean that, like, they're, they're putting a lot more investment into this, this idea more than they already have, right? Um, and so, like... It, like like I said before, I'm not really like pessimistic or optimistic. I kind of know what it's going to be at the moment. Maybe next year will be different. You never know with these things. It's going to be an event. It's going to be literally one weekend on the calendar. That's what my current expectation is. And it's going to be a thing where we play Melee and we're not going to be that mad about it. Like, shit. Um, I'm curious how this, this – we're never really going to shake our publisher. They made our game. That's how I feel on yeah. work. Right? Like, so – Whatever. I'd like to think that, you know, we were at some point free of them. We were never free of them. We're never going to be free of them. That's how it is, right? Uh, we're going to be talking about the same general concept five years from now. Like I was talking about it five years before, right? Mm -hmm. Nintendo's ever-present. <laughs> They're there. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I mostly expect it not to matter much. I hope so. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to really say, right? We've we felt we've had times where we've come really close to having stuff like this. We obviously, you know... There's probably so much more things that the public doesn't know that that has been a lot closer calls, but still, it's just like, it's hard to shake the feeling that, um, we're all like in a speakeasy, right? We're all in a speakeasy. We're all drinking during prohibition. We're not supposed to be doing this. And the cops just came in and they pointed out like 10 people and they're like, you guys are allowed to drink. And they didn't say no one else is not allowed to drink. 
but the fact that some people were said that they could drink feels a little weird it makes everyone else a little worry a little more um so i don't know like does this you know am i scared that okay anything that's not partnered with panda cup is going to shut down no i'm not really scared but i i do think it adds questions to um a history that we've already had right you know we've we've had a history with nintendo this is not our first brush in with nintendo and and part of it to me you know you, you talk about lack of information i said i'm cautiously optimistic and i and i am I, I you know that's that's true but i also feel like i need to be sold on this and i feel like i am not sold it's like every rpg and you know anime or whatever where like you have your villain and then you you know defeat the villain and the villain like comes on your side but i feel like <laughs> I feel like Nintendo has not like sold us on the fact that they should be part of our party, right? <laughs> they're I just like still to... our our foe, and they're like, "No, we're working together." And I'm like, "Wait, you gotta prove it to me somewhere." Yeah, I I think what what makes it now a little bit more confusing. So maybe optimistic and pessimistic. I I, I mean, I, I probably err on the second, but I think more than anything, I'm just wary because I think what makes the current situation trickier than maybe before is that. They have like, you know, there's factions of the scene that are actively pushing for a conciliatory and like even cooperative approach with this company that the other two thirds of us are like extremely wary of, if not incredibly against the idea of it too. And for, for good yeah. reason, Frank, just to put my cards on the table. So I, I'm going to yeah. have a lot. I mean, that's the, that's the core problem is that like, if everyone was on the same page and said, we don't. We don't want to work with Nintendo. I mean, across Melee and Ultimate, um, it'd be a different story. Yeah. But we have we have different, uh, you know, visions for the scene, right? There are some people who think that um, no, we have to work with Nintendo. They're the IP holder. We have no other choice. We need to use them and be partners with them, and, and, and gracious partners with them can't be antagonistic towards them. That's like the general concept. That's the vibe. There was a point in my life where I shared those thoughts. Right, and I have a feeling I won't be surprised they'll come around and, sh and share my current thoughts. Uh, but you know, I was trying to save them the pain, uh, so maybe maybe they'll figure it out later. And like it's I, that, I think uh, it's that girl too. that you broke up with, and you keep thinking that you can get together, and you just got to realize it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. All right, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a toxic relationship. Get out. <laughs> I actually knew what the benefit was, like the trans, like even a little bit of transparency into like, this is the this is money that's going to this event or like this this group within the community. It's going to be used in this way. Like even something something like that would go a long way in terms of just like knowledge that we would have on it. But the fact that it's NDA'd and that it's continuously like that we have people on our scene, uh, like you know, like supporting this in spite of the fact that just like, you know, just to put my, uh, like, again, to kind of give my thought process behind this, Nintendo is like a very large company that comes with operating at a really massive scale that our small community and people can't really comprehend. And I just don't know if like, I don't know if aligning ourselves with a group or an entity that operates at that level of scale is going to give us what we want and make our and bring the best out of our scene but maybe but like the, the people in our scene or enough people think that our best fate is tied to this group that's like going to make huge decisions that will impact us based on a completely different set of like you know KPIs and like a different like return on investment model 
than like your average community leader. And I, I think like, obviously it's hard to separate it from our history with them as well, which adds like an interpersonal element to it. But like, just in terms of mass, like scale of decision-making and how that, and like tiring our fates to that just seems really, um, I won't even say ambitious. It just seems really terrifying, honestly, like even outside of the complicated and like really bad relationship we've had with them. Historically. Sure. And to play the other side, right? Mm -hmm. So what you're trying to say is to summarize is that we're taking this large risk. Uh, you know, when the news was first announced of Panda Cup, like back in the day, uh, Zane's dad was quoted as saying, oh, that's dangerous, son. Even he knows. He's not even in, like really in the scene. And he was like, that's dangerous. No, no, no. That's dangerous. Right? He understands. So you're, we're, there's a very real risk with working with them. Right? But, uh, you know, and, and what you're trying to say is that clearly in this year one, we probably won't really see an appreciable viewership or attendance gain and the scene won't really grow much from this, this thing's existence. Um, there will be a prize pool game, you know, hundred K is not, well, it's 50 K 50 K. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. It doesn't really move the needle, uh, in terms of like what players are professional or not, not really. Um, so the, it's, but you know, I, I'm not going to complain. Right. But you know, like basically like this, this thing, at least in year one, doesn't really make that big of an impact. We'll probably end the year outside of the top 10 events in viewership and live attendance, almost guaranteed, right? It's not going to be bigger than Genesis and Big House or SmashCon or SWT Finals not, or not Summit. Main Stage, not Summit. Like, it's it's not going it's, to it's, – I don't expect it to be at least, personally. Maybe I'll be wrong. I'm usually not. Um, so, 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 okay. So, if you're taking this big risk and the game we're all seeing – seems to be pretty low right and so it's hard to justify on that but to play the, the the other side like i said what they would say is well we won't know the gain until after year one on year two year three as this partnership grows and blooms we will see the true fruits of taking this road it would be uh the counter argument so some of that is a wait and see but at the moment, you guys are appropriately not sold and wary because at the moment, in the year one, this is not worth the risk uh, from, from most of our eyes. And, um, you know, it's hard to see how, having said all that, like this is necessarily a, a net benefit for the community. Uh, you know, it, it does, it, it's, it's, it's really tough to justify it as it is. But again, on a two, three-year perspective, they'd probably disagree with you. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean by scale of decision making. Like, what Nintendo's goal with this, this you know, licenseship or whatever they want to say, is just like they're making these kinds of decisions based off things that, like, even the people within the scene who are working with them might just have zero clue clue in, right? Like, what happens if someone at that, like, what happens if their contact at Nintendo who they're working with, like, loses their job and gets replaced by someone else who just thinks this is a total waste of time? And like we've committed a bunch of community resources to like to to like developing and maintaining a relationship that's just like gone, and now the new person in that position just decides that this is not worth it. Like it's just yeah, so it's like scale and risk. Yeah, I don't. But maybe maybe like you're saying, if they're making that decision off two or three years, like they think there's some kind of payout, and that like I guess as a community, like if there are people in the scene that like are willing to represent that kind of approach to Nintendo, 
And then there's other people that are willing to represent a more like a confrontational approach or avoidant approach. I guess it could like balance out, but I honestly, but like, it's very hard for me to see this working out in the, in a beneficial way because like just the, the political answer is that like, you know, it's good to have all different approaches with Nintendo tried out, but I just have, you know, we, we've seen this story a lot. So it's, it's hard for me to say that like, it's going to end in a significantly different way, but maybe it will. But and Hey, it, those years where those big majors were licensed, uh, last I checked though, they, they were our, our highest years in attendance yeah. and viewership yeah. in our history. So though, uh, I don't think it was because of the license, the point yeah. is the show keeps going on and I expect yeah. this year to be great. So did it end up mattering that much that we watched platoon ads in 2017 and, and, and whatever? <laughs> no, it didn't matter that much. The YouTube VODs don't have them. Right. Like, and, uh, so, so, so is it, is it going to be something that like everything shuts down and goes to a screeching halt, um, because of this decision? Probably, Probably not. not. So now, maybe it's not even that, like, it's just, it's just a more a general nonplusedness where yeah. we're all like, yo, I wouldn't do it this way. And, and <laughs> much like SWT with Panda Club, I'm just like, you know, this is not how, you know, as, as someone who's helped make esports leagues before, this is just not good formats and not good community building ideas. And I, and, and it's part of why the products don't really make sense right now. Um, and so like, you know, that's, that's it. It's mostly like as someone who cares about melee, I'm like, y'all really shouldn't be doing it this way. And I don't really understand your, your, your logic, but I guess it's not in my hands. And at the end of the day, I'm going to watch the stream. So. And it's more melee, right? And that's the, the worst thing is we get more melee events as long yeah, as we're all, no, like yeah, shutting down yeah. streams, which, but I don't, I don't think that will happen, but it like we mentioned with the speakeasy, <laughs> the speakeasy example of hey dude they're they're saying some people can stick around and they didn't say other people could leave but it's it's like why some got picked and the others didn't no edwin i think it's a funny corollary is we don't get any information on on this cup on the panic cup and we're all like uh what is this um we don't get information on a lot of stuff right people are nda them having nda that's how you go through it you know who what else is an nda uh is papa john's (laughs) but the difference is that everyone said i can't say specifics but this is good and we all accepted it right we were like papa john's this person who like this company that has never been involved in melee at all um we were told that this was a good thing and we all accepted it to the point where when vish and chillin were eating pizza at genesis the crowd cheered and unfortunately or fortunately however you want to look at it may uh nintendo has a different level uh there's just a different relationship with the scene where they have to do more than papa john's did to prove that this is worth it and prove that this is good right papa john's came in and you know every to just said no this is good and we believed it um panda said this is good and (laughs) I, i just feel like there has to be more before we understand that it's actually good, right? Before we actually believe this. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is being unfair to me. Uh, I could be totally wrong on this. But I'll say just a slight distinction. When TOs talk about the Papa John circuit and what it's offering them being good, they're talking about like a whatever. They're talking about a thing that is active, a thing that is benefiting them right now. They have it. We take their word. 
whenever I hear people talk about the panda panda cup and about how and the benefits that it could bring them, it's that it will be good. It will be a thing that happens. That so I'm not I'm not going to answer these questions, but just hypothetically, let's put a. I'm just going to say just just you guys put your speculative hats on since these tos aren't giving these answers. Um. Answer these three questions for me. Why? Okay. Why do you think people, why do you think TOs are saying yes to Papa John's? Why do you think TOs are joining the Panda Cup? And why do you think TOs are joining this SWT? Basically, like, what do you think are the reasons or what's in it for them? And what is, what is, go inside the mind a little bit um, of, of why someone do this. So first, with Papa John's, we only need to say one word. If you guys uh, want to say it with me. Uh, why do you think they're joining Papa John's, guys? I think because of that shmoney. It's cheddar. It's cheddar. It's, it's cheddar. cheddar. <laughs> it's cheddar. Very clear, easy answer, right? With SWT, why do you guys think people? Some of them, most of them aren't, <laughs> but, a, but a handful, <laughs> but the couple of them that actually are, why do you think they are? I mean, it, it helps the event, right? It gets more eyes to smaller events. People. People go to Smash World Tour events if they want to get on the circuit, and people do go to events specifically because they're Smash World Tour. We've, we've already seen a little bit of it. We're going to see more of it by the time the year ends. Yeah, it's it's like the existence itself is the rationale. Like, oh, it's a circuit. I go to events. I get placements. There's a prize pool at the end of it. So, like, so to summarize, to, to, to say it cleanly, they don't have to give up very much, and it's kind of like a why not situation. It's like, eh, mm-hmm. why not help them out? You know, like, let's let's, let's join on, right? That's generally our hypothesis. Again, we're not the ones running these events. This is a, a speculation segment. Why do you think uh, the TOs are joining the Panda Cup? Let's say Big House, the only real huge notable one on there. Why would a Big House join? Is it that little red, white logo? But why would that be appealing to them? Is it, is it, is it, is it showing other sponsors that like they they're officially is it like getting what happened to the last big house (laughs) that little that little red and white logo saves you from a certain thing right so when you're running an event of a which this is funny because you know this is all speculation that comes through no natural conversations but let's say you are a individual running a large event and you're putting hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line and your last one just got just got shut down and now you're now you're you know worried about it happening again to potential financial ruin and you're like oh it's protection well, money i i just i just realized yeah of course it's someone protection. someone okay. comes up to you and says All right. it, it'd be a shame if something happened to your it'd be a shame if something. no i'm not saying that's why they're doing it because they're obviously not on these shows telling you why they're doing it and they're certainly not talking to anyone i'm not saying that's it at, at all and it might not be. Maybe they're getting buku bucks, bro. Maybe they're just getting the sweetest deal. Maybe they have a, a Lambo outside, right? Maybe maybe it is. And I'm, I'm saying this is a pure speculative thought. Just a pure speculative thought. Um, that, of course, the one huge event that's on there is the one that has the most <laughs> fear in its heart, right? It's interesting. It's, it is interesting, though, that that's, that, is, that is a, a weird coincidence. Experiment. It's just a thought experiment. So, and so, so, so that is, that's, that's the thing, right? It's like... Oh, okay. So that's how we're doing this now. All right, cool. Blur, the, the, the reason I mentioned the additional sponsorships thing is that if you tell an, another sponsor with a concern that uh, 
that Nintendo will stop their involvement with an event if you tell them that you're sponsored by them, that they would be that they would be more amenable to it. That was the reason I brought it up. But the um, but the protection money or the um, the what, what do you call it? The ex- extorting the, the special <laughs> don't, extortion don't call it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm being tongue in cheek here, sort of. Uh, the, oh, wow. That was the that that seems to be the reason you're bringing up. But I guess my question to you is like, would telling a prospective sponsor, like say Papa, not Papa John specifically, but like Pizza Hut or whatever, or like some other company, would telling them that you're sponsored by Nintendo make them more amenable to the idea of partnering with you, or would that hurt them at this point? I mean, here's the thing, right? Like a company like Nintendo will have a, what's called a whitelist and sponsorship agreements and a blacklist. Okay. Uh, which is which is basically saying here's a list of things you can and can't partner with, um, and they'll have approval rights over the, those things. This would normally not be a problem with most licensees, but who knows if Nintendo would approve a G Fuel, right? They may maybe like, oh man, we're a family friendly brand. We don't know if we can associate ourselves with energy drink. Who knows if they'd want to associate themselves with, you know? Obviously, they wouldn't want to do alcohol or. Remember when we had freaking uh, weed maps? Porn? We had freaking weed maps and porn companies, right? Like no, those things would go off the, <laughs> and those things would be off the table, right? Like now, not saying that you know it's wise to take those uh, deals without a license because that's just asking to get shut down potentially, right? Um, but nonetheless, it opens some avenues, but it closes some because you also have to now get their approval, right? So that is, that's a humongous caveat. And um, so realistically, the number one thing stopping us from sponsors is, you know, we're just not coordinating big enough sales packages, right? The number one reason um, that we're not getting these big sponsorships is because, you know, selling one Genesis or selling one big house is just not that big a deal. You want to have a big sales, you know, group like of, of like all the events together to put in enough viewership to like beat like one week of Asmongold, right? Because at the moment they don't, right? Because it's actually not enough to, to really sell to a large brand to want to spend legitimate money. But when you put it all together, maybe you scrape something together, but that takes coordination and work, which is what Papa jo- the Papa John's deal that BTS coordinated actually did, which is why it was significant. It was actually the coordination for sales that is actually significant and actually matters. And, and 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 why we actually got a big brand to come along, right? It's because we put a bunch of names together and, and we we put we we you know um, added the numbers together. Um, the the number one reason we're, we're not getting deals isn't because we don't have a Nintendo logo on our streams. It's because the numbers aren't big enough on, on a per event basis. On a scene wide basis, they might be, but on a per event basis, they're not. And so each event isn't able to sell that well. And of course, getting the scene, getting like the scene-wide numbers together would require a level of coordination and and like stake stakeholders or like getting every stakeholder needed and doing that in a decentralized scene like Smash is just like is brutal. Let alone brutal. Really alone. Right. It's it's super it's super been tough. Um, I guess that's one thing that that we we should probably mention. It really seems like the main beneficiary of something like Panda Cup. And even at like a license chip or whatever with Nintendo, it really seems like Ultimate is just like that's the true like cash cow, right? Like they're the they're the people that are like truly. I mean, I, I don't doubt that Melee was an afterthought when designing this. I mean, if you just yeah. look at it, there's like online Ultimate stuff instead of this panel system for them and all that. Uh, it's it's definitely the thing that you know matters more. 
I appreciate that melee is a part of it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and there's also the hard part of like the ultimate guys, number one, because they're younger and they don't know any better. Like they, they're, they're, and they're, and number two, because I think the top end of their leadership in terms of like the biggest voices don't speak on the, the F Nintendo vibes as hard as the melee ones do. <laughs> right. And so yeah. they, when they see news like this, they react more positively because they're not as, they're not constantly being battered with like, here's the history, here's the history, never forget, never forget, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so it's it is slightly different for them, but the truth is they've been screwed in their history just as much as us, maybe more. Um, it's just like not as culturally uh, mm-hmm. said among them, and so uh, I think it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, you know, it's it's funny like talks like this really like bring to to, to point like. You know, my style of community management, especially when I was at my most active, um, is, you know, and I think I think a lot of other great community leaders have done it in a similar way, like Scar, like Tafo, etc. Is we talk to the people, like like the, you know, we had MIOM. I used to be on commentators curse every week talking about the scene. Uh, we made ourselves very available. We talked. We responded to people on Twitter. We we, we, we it's like a whole thing, right? Um, and, you know, some of those people have taken a step back from the scene. I include myself to a degree. Definitely not as active as it used to be. I'm not, like, gone in the same way, but, you know, like, uh, as, like, maybe a scar is. But, like, you know, less active for sure. Um, you know, and in that, like, and, and it feels like the new guys aren't realizing, like, this is a really important thing that you should do so that people understand that, like, it, in a bottoms-up grassroots scene when we're not coordinated, having, like, a general like understanding of our North star and what's going on and what's the point of playing the game is really good for players because it lets them know there's a future in this game with no money in it. And like that gives them an inspiration to play. Um, so when I think about like the two top reasons why I haven't invested more time into melee and at times I felt like I could get really, really good. And it's always been two reasons. Number one controllers. Any male player doesn't need to hear anymore. It's very common. And this is as a person who loves the game. It's number one is controllers, or number two, uh, the other reason which would stop me to play the game is that a lot of times people are like, dude, what's the point? Like, I'm putting another 10,000 hours into this activity, which I don't know if I'll ever be able to actually build a career on. I, I do have to pay bills one day. Like, I'm not trying, like, especially when you get into older age, you're like, look, even if I become a pro in two, three years after putting another like 15,000 hours into the game, yeah. like, what's at the end of the rainbow here, right? And like, so if those are like the two primary reasons and the way that it feels like the, the major TOs are dealing with it is with controllers are doing nothing. They're actually going backwards because they're removing parts of the rule set. And now they're just saying, you know what? Just cheat as much as you want. That's effectively what these rules are saying. And, uh, and, and the other one being like, uh, like, what's the point? What's the reason to play? Um, they're not answering that either because they're not even like giving people the hope but like by talking and and explaining to them what is the 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 vision for the scene that they have right fine you want to work with nintendo fine you think that that's that that's going to lead to something justify talk about intelligently i mean i could do it if i like if i actually believe those thoughts because i i don't i don't think i I wouldn't want to work with nintendo but if i if i want to i I could try to make the case right and 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 talk about it be like this is our plan and we think this is going to be big and Here's our two, you know, here's what we got going on. And we're giving people a lot of ease. It's actually not that hard to fix this problem, right? 
the guys like you, you guys, the Edwins and the Weeds of the world, literally it takes a conversation to fix your trepidation. That's my opinion. And you should talk to like, Millie's so small. It's so small. There's only so many people. Just talk to these people. Go to events. Talk to them face-to-face. Talk to them on public platforms. And, and squash all that and make people excited to be a part of it. Because we run on that passion. We run on people like you guys giving up their time for nearly no money because they think it's for like a really good purpose. And instead, there are community contributors like you guys, like me, who are kind of like throwing up our hands and being like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what it's all about. I'm going to play some Melee. I'm going to show up. I'm, but I'm not going to like, you know, put my heart and soul into it. And that's like our general uh, non-plusedness that I've been, I've been talking about before. And that's the bigger tragedy of it all, where it's like, look, you're supposed to be taking up this mantle of like mm-hmm. trying to inspire people because that's like, that's really our power. That's like our grassroots bombs of power. And it's just gone now. And I, I'm like, dude, you need that. It, that's, our, that's our superpower. Yeah, I think the um, I think the fracturing of the old guard over a uh, over a ton of like disagreements on how they, you know, I guess this kind of goes into like where melee is at right now. I think we're kind of in a transitional period where like the a lot of members of the old guard are not as like unified or active in the scene as they used to be. In part, just because of like you know getting older and like what happens turns out but also just like fundamental disagreements like over the scene and an inability to reconcile them and i think coming out of the pandemic like we're kind of seeing like new generations of community contributors but because this in part because of slippy but like the scene itself has like a big pretty big player base that was different from where it was in 2013 i think the community mediums that we use are just really uh I gotta say, like, I don't think they're very good for like centralized uh, hubs of discussion. Like, we move like making the uh, the Facebook groups private was like a very bad like like we saw. Um, I mean, I guess it's easy to say in hindsight because nobody really uses Facebook. No, I said it before it happened. I was I was yelling at people as it was happening, but continue. Yeah, but but like we we can see the impact of that now, right? So it's mm-hmm. like if you want to go somewhere for community news. You kind of already have to be in on it, like on Twitter, but that's not really great. It doesn't seem like Reddit is particularly like. No, it's all the discords. Yeah, and like, and you have to know that the discords exist, and you have to. It's this whole thing. I mean, we talk about it. It doesn't happen like every few years, and and everyone's just like, we got to revive Smashboards. I mean, like, no one's going to do that, but there's some truth in 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 the way that like information, um, is given and information is taken, right? Like, I mean the easiest way to get information out there is through Twitter. And like the worst way to give information is Twitter, right? It's the hardest yeah. way to have a conversation with someone. Uh, and yet it's also like the best way we have to get the word. It's also a terrible thing. reference tool. Like it's good at spreading information within itself and like bringing that to a wide audience, but as a reference tool to like, like if you're running an event through somewhere and you want people to click the link to like, to sign up for it or if you're trying to use it for like info like to go to a third party site twitter is like notoriously bad like very like it's one of the worst social media links i actually think that's one of the like like i I mean people talk about how twitter is terrible all the time and, and like that's true but i think specifically for like reference it's it's like it uniquely rewards like you know like like sharing things put on the platform on on itself but like not redirecting you somewhere. It's actually quite bad. And like with Discord, it creates like a, it really fragments the community a lot more. I legit think that like 
So I think the Melee Online Discord uh, has done a lot of good. But if there's a way like we could centralize like the resources of something like that with so many community members, but just put it on like a better version of a Facebook page, I think that that would just like, it would go such a long way. But although like maybe maybe a bit more public facing now because Facebook is not as like popular as it used to be or like held in high standing. I don't know. I think like, I think that's something to deal with that scale of a coordination would be a lot easier or, or, or a lot better for like the scene's current needs and like cross communication uh, requirements to kind of like drive things together for the future versus the way we're doing it now, which it really feels like we're just in a bunch of discord. We have a bunch of community, different sub communities within melee that play different versions of the game and like let different and like diff let different players attend events and everything. Like it just makes, there's no like, like there's no, there's only legitimacy. I mean, I guess it's always been like, there's only legitimacy as much as like the community members like have it, but it's like when it, when we, when we carry out like a decision on like what we want to do with the rules or like who we want to let like go to events or like what, or even just like the way things are happening, like stand, like what tournaments are part of what league or circuit or whatever shit. Like there's just like, there's no like legitimacy. The whole point of these things is like, you're supposed to like, when something is ha is done, it's like, oh, this is like the melee communities thing on this. Now it's just like, we're, we're, we're almost like back in the wild west. Like before, like we have all these tools that, that have made like the community more modern, but it's like, we're almost back in like 2003 where it's like someone, someone like hosting a tournament. It's like, well, like, I guess this is, I guess this is legitimate as anything else. And it's like, well, well, like it is, but like, it's only that way because of like, like with Genesis and big house, it's like, because of the name, right? Like, it's, it's like, those are the two things that everybody agrees on. Right. Like we don't even, God, I, I posted that like major graph or whatever on IBW. People are like in the comments, like disagreeing on what counts as a major or not, or whatever. they can't even enjoy like the, the post, like we don't even have a centralized like definition of that. I posted the Bailey Stats top 100 all time list, like as a rough criteria. But like, I look at majors nowadays and I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, is, is this really a major? Is this a super major? Like, but there's just so much fragmentation in the scene. And like, it, I guess it has its pros also, but like, a lot of its cons are just like really annoying. And I think they like set us back high, high key. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and by the way, you know, these things could have been solved by some of these parties pretty easily. Like it, with, with very little effort, less money and less heartache. Um, so, you know, you bring up, you know, the rankings and all that. So uh, here's what's going to happen at the end of this year, right? And it's already happening. You're, you're noticing how people's minds are already set. There's an SWT points thing. Mm -hmm. There's a Panda Cup qualification procedure. Plus it's by the way, just on Panda Cup events. It was on the website. Oh, okay. All right. So, so, so there, there's a panic up panel plus, plus qualification thing. And then BTS has its events. All that's cute. All that's special, I guess, but we're going to make a ranking at the end of the year. Like we have for the last like six, seven years. And that's going to be how we do things. Now I don't even like the subjective ranking systems as you guys mm -hmm. know, but the point well, we is, know. the point is, is that, these products aren't even disruptive enough to change like the, 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 the format that the scene views and judges players on. Mm -hmm. Right. Like when the, when the NBA started existing, it changed the way people viewed professional basketball because yeah. all of a sudden that NBA championship 
is the thing that we judge everyone on. And the regular season standings are really important and blah, blah, blah. But if at the end of the day, we're just going to make a ranking and that's what everyone's going to talk about, then uh, the, the, the points of qualifications don't really matter much. They matter all, exactly as much as qualifying into Summit do, mm-hmm. does and did uh, in the past, right? Like it's about that much. Um, so there's that. Now, what I mean when I say these things could have been solved pretty easily is that uniquely, Panda as an organization is positioned as the the people who've took, taken over the rankings from MIOM, MIOM back in the day, right? What I would suggest, now this is a little late now, but what they could have done is very simply still run their little Panda Cup event. They have one event in December. I would have changed the date, but they could still run that. And then you just run that event using the MPGR as the way you do your qualification. That's it. And that way you strengthen the MPGR, give it more of a meaning. And also you uh, you still run your one event. You don't have to do all this stuff. First of all, you don't have to work in town to do any of that. You make that event as good as possible. Third of all, what you can do with that is you can switch off the stupid subjective system and just just use points and you can use points and take every event. I don't care if they're on SWT, if they're on BTS or VGBC. I don't care where they're on. You just take the points just like you've been doing with MPGR in the past and you make it qualifying to a final and say you got we got 100 grand on it. Come come, come here and then and then you run run one every year. Like this is what I mean by like, oh, that might actually change how people talk about you know who's the best and whatnot, because the MPGR would now, you know, reflect, you know, would actually, you know, be a part of this where currently it's not, those two products are somehow different when they shouldn't be. And also it would make that championship seem a little bit more important because it's a part of the MPGR structure, but right now it's not. And so it's confusing. Maybe they'll do that next year. Maybe I'm just putting it to the ether, but like, I, I, I'm confused as why why those products don't don't work together because it seems really fundamental to uh, making this thing important at all. At the moment, it's not. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, I, I also think it's hard to, you know, not be a team sport and then compare it to stuff like that, right? It's like maybe maybe the Smash World Tour, or maybe you know, hey, maybe Panda Cup, right? Maybe that's that's probably better example. Maybe that's the the NBA Finals, and then maybe. There's first team all NBA or MVP or whatever, you know, whatever have you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I also, you know, you bring up Panic Cup, you bring up Smash World Tour. Like, what – do they coexist in this ecosystem? Because currently we have um, very little overlap for these events. I think they only have one event that overlaps. Uh, or no, sorry, they've got three events that overlap for, for Melee at least. Uh, they got Get On My Level, they've got Smash Factor, they've got Lost Tech City, which I don't think has been announced for Smash World Tour yet, but there is a T-Lock event that is on the same exact day, so I think it's safe to assume. Um, but other than those three, you know, that's the only overlap that we're seeing for Melee. We're seeing all these events that are for this, for that. Wait, like, of course they coexist because they're not circuits. Like I said, they're one weekend. That's I'm, I'm telling you, that's of course no, they coexist. No, but there's more to it that goes to that. We talked about this on, when, when Smash World Tour was announced, that I said and I picked the perfect person. I picked a random person. I said, Ben. And now Ben's over here. Ben's trying to like sign up his mom for hold that L so it can become a super silver. <laughs> um, 
but there are people who care about Smash World Tour points. As weird as it is to say, there are people who care about it, and there are people who probably are going to, you know, maybe go to that Puerto Rico event uh, instead of Big Hooks because there are people who are going to care about the summit spots at that qualify at, at whatever major that qualifies into it. It's kind of a same sort of vibe. Uh, so, like, I, I don't think it, you're wrong about that, but the point is, it's not like you know, a major game-changing fundamental shift in the scene, uh, which is what usually these sort of products are meant to be. So, yes, they coexist because they're mostly just one weekend. They're they're just like any other major and another major coexisting over the course of the scene. At the moment, that is the level of ambition those products represent. They don't have to be like that. These these either organization could could up their investment or up their, honestly, design uh, to change that. But at the moment, that is, that's what they are, so they coexist just fine. And if they continue doing doing that, and that's what they do next year, they'll coexist beautifully. It won't really matter. Um, but it also won't really give them the, uh, the, the, the product that I think they want. <laughs> How about this? Yeah, like the ROI won't be worth it. It won't be worth it, or it'll be it'll be a missed opportunity, right? Like like what sure. they could have had, right? Bro, it's all ROI with you. I thought you made Marth, not Roy. <laughs> uh, Blair, is this healthy for the scene? Sure, dude. We have we have scenes there. We have people putting money into our scene, and uh, it doesn't really make all that much sense. Um, and uh, look, the way I put look at it is. Remember uh, Game Tyrant X, GTX? We yep. were in the freaking Utah Jazz Stadium for no goddamn reason. Did anyone really understand? Ben, I think two years later is in a mall. Yes. Uh, did anyone, any of us really understand, uh, you know, why or, you know, what the, the, the logic and reasoning and, like, the product design, like, all that stuff, did it make perfect sense for us? No, of course not. But was it a dope weekend? Sure. And uh, is, are those VODs going to live forever? Absolutely. And was it better that the scene had it than it not? Of course. Right? So, like, basically, I'm saying if, if that's our lower end on this, then mm -hmm. it's going to be great for us. Of course. Um, it won't necessarily uh, lead to great things for the people who are spending the money. True. Uh, but but you know, that's not our hey, problem. Look, <laughs> hey, look, we're on camera telling them things they should do. Maybe they could fix it. You know, maybe, maybe someone's going to listen. Blair, how about this? How about we take a step back? How healthy do you think the scene is right now? As healthy as it's ever been. Literally. And this is that's the thing, right? Like, to put it into pure, pure perspective. And I say this, I say this about a lot of things in, in gaming. Because the way our culture, especially because of the way social media works, it's such a doomer culture. We just doom scroll all the time, right? Like, people talk about how video games have fallen off or, like, like gaming isn't good anymore. I'm like, bro, like you literally don't know what you're talking about. Video games are cracked right now. There's so many good games. You don't even have time for it. You know, anime is the best it's ever been. TV is the best it's ever been. Everything is cracked and Melee is no exception. The NBA is the best it's ever been. It's sick. I can't wait for the finals. And no. and Melee is insane. We literally have so many events coming up. We have more prizing in our, in our stuff than ever. More players are signed right now than they've ever been, I, I'm pretty sure. You know, and they're to better deals than they've ever been. Mango's bigger as a streamer than he's ever been. HBox is somehow joined him as a top, top streamer. We thought Melee would only ever have one, you know? Um, and, you know, you have guys like, you know, the Ludwigs of the world who still are going to run an event that's going to be bigger than all these, by the way. True. You know? 
just don't forget that his thing is going to be bigger than everything we just spent two hours talking about. Um, you know, who Ludwig and, and now Slime and Aiden, all these guys are like getting bigger as influencers. Those guys are going to naturally help our scene. Like all these, and we have Slippy now. And Slippy's going to get ranked one day, I promise. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we have all these better tools, you know, with Uncle Punch and all these like uh, sophistications. Oh, maybe a Panda controller will come out. Maybe new controller technologies can come out. We have Fob GCC coming out. That seems to be a, a genuine step forward from, you know, from the past. and no longer have to use potentiometers. Like, look, end of the day, like, all these things are super good. I'm about to go to Battle BC. I'm going to have a great time, right? And then Vancouver. It is an interesting tournament to bring up because, so you talk about how there's all these tournaments. I think Battle BC, we, we talked about it in DMs, Battle BC being the, a tournament where, like, it's put its time in. This is what tournaments are, right? You know, there's yeah. been very few tournaments that have been huge and successful out the gate and continue to do so. GTX is an example of one that was out the gate, and then two years later, they're in a ball, and now they don't mm -hmm. exist, right? right. Uh, and all the tournaments that we've seen, for the most part, it's the Big House, right? What did Big House 1 look like? A lot different than Big House 9. Um, Battle BC. We talked about this in DMs. You said it's going to be the next big thing. Do you think Battle, Battle BC... Has this like met your expectations? I think it's at like 250 well, some entrance. I've never gone to one, so I'll have to mm -hmm. go to one first. I definitely, uh, he, he's asked me every year. And this is this is the <laughs> thing. As a TO, you should know that that sort of stuff matters, like personal reach outs and stuff. And even if someone says no year after year, like, because I couldn't go for a, couple, for a couple years for, for random reasons. Um, but I've always wanted to go to Vancouver. I think it's a great place to run a tournament. Excited to go to the food. And I think Kevin Deere deserves it. They've been, he's been grinding, you know, running run events every year. They seem to be pretty good. I expect it to continue to grow in prestige and, and then that, that kind of stuff is going to matter going forward. Um, you know, matter as much as it ever does in melee. So like, this is kind of what I mean. It's like, like, let's take a step back. Like, okay. A few people are making uh, products in ways that we probably think they, they shouldn't. And they're, they're probably, you know, they're, they're, they're scaring us with how much they're working with Nintendo. It'll probably yeah. be fine. And we have like these 15 other things that are going for us. And also, you know, the, the the game is awesome to watch right now and, and like all this other stuff so it's like on balance like like, like just take a clear perspective if you're a, a player watching this and you're like kind of worried about some of the stuff we're saying it's only because we think it could be done better we we really want more for the scene but you know yeah i mean it's, still, it's because it's still we pretty cool <laughs> it's, still, it's just we love the game it's still it's still pretty sick to be a melee we player really right now. it's literally that. never been better so. We think that the game is like the greatest hobby in the world, and we just want to see it like brought to completion. Right? Yeah, that's all. How about this? Um, so I'm gonna read a couple things that there's a couple things out there. I think this is cool, but uh, there's another side to it. So obviously Genesis. This is this is entrance numbers. Genesis hit 1,500 entrants. How many of them actually went? Who knows, right? You know that's an outlier. Um, we were at this cool place where after last year, after worrying about events, after two years of worrying about events, we've seen, uh, Minnesota Melee Monthly hit over a hundred entrants. The first one bop me in Indiana hit over a hundred entrants. The town Throwdown a hundred entrants, right? We're getting all this stuff. Uh, hold that L is up to almost 200 entrants. They might, this is from earlier this morning. They might've hit 200 function hit over 200 right we're having all these functions over that... 200 i didn't know function, that function was 201 maybe there's a dq so, you know maybe maybe yeah, it was under no, we, we we count dqs it's fine but uh so those are great right that, that's all like very that that makes me feel good um tell me why 
I'm going to list some numbers that don't make me feel as good and tell me why it, it doesn't matter. Pound at 283, double down at 265, gobble at 350. Ooh. Like these were, what were we hitting before with these events, right? You know, we were hitting events that were 700, 800, and those were like our fifth biggest event, right? You know, these numbers are, should I be worried about these? Because these numbers are right now something that Melee, it's not like consistent with what Melee was in the past, and it's definitely not consistent with what Ultimate's putting up. So are these, um, should I be worried at all? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think much more worrying than that is uh, local numbers. So you're mm-hmm. bringing up some regionals. But like I remember when I was at Smash Camp, I talked to like some Arizona people, and I was like, oh, you got these locals, blah, blah, blah. How many people do you get? They were like, oh, you know, like six or eight. I was like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> what? And uh, there's not – like I also talked to someone from Atlanta, which had like similar-ish numbers. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of single digits, now, some of that might be because like locals make a lot less sense now in the slippy era. True. Um, but like we have a few regions like New York, notably, who are actually yeah. at a local maximum, local maximum. And um, I think that SoCal is starting to pick. Jerry's doing some good things. He's he's doing Wave Dash now. He's doing say Mr. Lombardi, just in Arcadian. Um, you know, we we're seeing like in, in SoCal, there's still of course the Vertigos and, and Lawlesses like. SoCal's like not so bad, not the best it's ever been, no, uh, but cool. not 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 so bad. And there's the town series, which we'll see how consistent it becomes, but like has has, has a good chance for hope up there, um, and, and NorCal. But there's a lot of regions if you just look at it in a holistic standpoint. Where I those are red alert numbers in terms of locals. So for sure, and I think that gets, ends up translating to some of their their major uh, numbers. I'm not sure. But, like, I'm curious that the majors you listed, what the locals in those areas are currently getting. Uh, because that's usually indicative of what's going to happen at the major, right? Because mm-hmm. usually when you run a major, for people who don't know, around 70 to 75% of your attendance is local. Um, it's like, it's, it's you know, we like to talk about all the people flying in, like all the top players. But for the most part, the numbers are, are, are the local scene. Um, and so the healthier local scene is really important. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's what makes me curious is that like, are, are, are those processes happening? And I think speaking on the greater point that we've been having on this pod is like the SWT, I guess has an option system, which is, uh, which would matter <laughs> if the points mattered, which, which is a good idea if the oh, points boy. mattered. Uh, and, uh, Panda Cup has no bottoms up system at, at all built in it. Right. And Panda Cup doesn't even go outside of North America. Right, it doesn't have Europe, and that's that's another you know trade off you have to make with working with the NOA, of course. So nice, awesome, you know, great that we have Nintendo, right? Um, so so you have you have that natural idea of like, okay, so these 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 organizers aren't doing anything for the bottoms up, and the bottoms up is actually the thing that might crush us, like you're mentioning, where it's like, hey, locals really need support and help and and, and cultivation uh, because. It's harder than ever to get people to go to locals because it's slippy. And when locals don't have numbers, sometimes your major won't have numbers because your local scene isn't built up then, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so so it ends up snowballing a little bit. Edwin, are you scared? Nah, I'm not I'm not scared. I've we've constantly talked about the um and we brought this up with Previously, when Blair was here and when Moki was here about the sponsorship renaissance of the scene, 
I'm hopeful. I I just think um, you know we've been in the scene long enough to where we know the challenges of working behind it and bringing and the challenges of getting everyone on board and bringing things to the best way that they can be. But even if they don't get to the absolute best way, where we are is pretty damn good. And I I have faith that uh, we'll continue doing doing pretty well and that we'll have a lot more sick melee to look forward to. It's a, it's always a super simple question. It's like, do you on your inner gut believe that melee as a competitive esport will exist at a similar, uh, not too diminished capacity in three to five years? Let's say five. My answer is like an obvious yes. Yeah, still I think it will. And and if Edwin, if you believe that too, say yes. Yeah, I think 2018 was like when it finally hit me that I was like, this this is not like it's gonna it's gonna it, stay. It won't always be the same, but it'll sure. be there. Right, sure. like, it'll change and like that they'll fulfill like the same roles and stuff. So, so if, if if the answer to that question is a very obvious yes, then we're not never doing that bad. Now, you know, will we go up and down twenty to thirty, maybe even forty, maybe even fifty percent in size? It's always possible, for sure. Uh, but it's also possible it'll be on the upside instead of the downside, and a lot of it depends on dynamics. But a lot of the things I listed earlier, you know, are really encouraging signs. And maybe mm-hmm. signs that will actually be in the up instead of the down. So, like, I, I'm not that worried. I do think uh, I, I would like to see, you know, more bottoms up work, local COs working together. And certainly those those major numbers aren't great. But, hey, honestly, a lot of times viewership numbers matter more because if Ultimate's yeah. paying the bills with the ticket sales, <laughs> it doesn't really matter that much. So, Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, so we've talked about Ultimate this entire time, basically. Like every time we we mentioned Smash, we mentioned Ultimate, and a lot of what we're saying is Ultimate. Like, is there anything particularly that relates to Melee and not Ultimate when we talk about stuff like Panda Cup or Smash World Tour? Not really, because I think what what we are right now, um, and I don't think we'll always be like this, right? Ultimate's huge right now. We are not as huge. It hasn't been like that in the past. Might not be like that in the future. But I think what we are is like we're like the nerdy best friend of a popular kid. And we're getting invited to all the parties because, you know, we know the popular kid. And that's fine. If that's all we need to do, we just need, don't need to embarrass ourselves. Um, but the second you start, like, you know, puking in the azaleas, then you might get uninvited. And that's, you know, do, do we have to worry about a point where yeah, I don't think yeah. it's going to not exist? But maybe, maybe Double Down decides, maybe Pound decides, hey, we are a. Uh, Maybe not Pound. They've got such a history. But maybe Double Down runs next year, and it's an alt major, and it's not doesn't have melee, right? You know, like right. Uh, and the only the only way that happens is actually is, is mostly contingent on viewership, because there's really no cost and no reason to take melee off on an attendance level. Like even if even if these events were getting like thirty people for melee straight up, but they were all top players, as right? As long as we got the views, if we got the views, we're gonna still get the main stage time, and we're still gonna like. They, a lot, honestly, a lot of the viewers at home wouldn't even notice the difference, right? Sure. Like in terms, <laughs> in terms of what they what they experience in terms of the melee scene. So the attendance numbers are, are super important at majors, um, but because we have this cheat code, which is called the ultimate scene, which God bless your yeah. soul. Thank you, thank you for for coming out to events still, uh, and, and in a way, thank you for having really bad online, which may forces people to go to events. So it's a buyer's out. market. It's a buyer's market, right? Because of that, it it keeps us afloat. Where in maybe years before, as such a such a like revolutionary game like Ultimate, where like 
Melee would have to be able to support itself on its own attendance numbers to pay off, you know, expensive venues. Uh, you know, it'd be really troublesome. Like, let's pretend Ultima didn't exist for a second. What venues would we be running our majors in right now? It surely mm-hmm. wouldn't be convention centers. I don't yeah. even think it'd be hotel ballrooms sometimes, right? Like, two, three hundred people. Like, you're you're talking about like bigger bars, you know, and stuff yeah. like that, which are, was actually a good vibe in its own way. But uh, but the point is, is that like. Um, you know, it would we, we we can I'm sure we can increase that attendance number again. It's gonna take some work by the people who'll do it. It won't be me. We are also um, and, still in the pandemic, so, right? Like for yeah, that too. For all that the too. people who are listening to this and like screaming, I understand, right? We are what we used to be, and we are older than the ultimate community. Ultimate community, I've talked about this before. They were had like a 600 person event in June 2021. That was. I, I think I was like fully vaccinated by then because I, I like drove three hours out to the middle of Pennsylvania. It was so hard to get a vaccine like on time and be fully vaccinated by June, 2021. And they were throwing 600 person tournaments, right? They are built different. They were going to France in like July, 2021, then flying right back to America, going to event the next weekend. Um, yeah. It's like, I understand that that is a different community. I understand that there are reasons that melee does not have 700 person tournaments every other week. Uh, that have to do with bigger things in the world than melee, but yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thing to look at. I'm not worried because yeah. I, I know I, that I, melee I, will always survive. Also, the TOs were smart. I think uh, there was a call for um, running Arcadians. I actually specifically messaged and talked to a bunch of TOs and said, "Why the hell aren't you running an Arcadian right now?" And like the SoCal one just happened. A bunch of TOs yeah. just started running Arcadians because when you think about like what do you need to do. To basically put a shot in the arm in your scene to get people to go back to locals again, like run a freaking Arcadian. This is not rocket science. We know we know the math by now, um, and they start doing that. And so I think we might start seeing the effects of stuff like that. You know, uh, hopefully people will get smart because the thing is, is like it used to be a really big problem, but now it's a bigger one because what happened with Slippy is that the, the skill stratification has gone crazy, and so there's so many good people. And I, I, I'm, I'm, you got to worry for like someone new uh, who's coming into a scene. And so, you know, things like Arcadian are even more appealing to them, right? Where they're like, dude, I know through Slippy I'm not good enough yet to really do anything. I mean, um, Blur, just, to, so just to kind of give an example of something that's the extreme version of that. I mean, like there's a reason that literally the largest online weekly series over the last year was the only, only noobs one. In terms of attendance, right? Yeah, well, is it? it's not even close. It's like a ton of people, though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's a great idea. And those sort of things are really important. So, like, um, I hope that ranked will will help this a bit mm-hmm. um, because it'll it'll keep people playing the game a lot um, and, and hoping to prove themselves. But we do need to have a bit of ranked in land, which, again, these circuit things could could decide to, to include in their models. But um, ways of of, of re- inter-region and in-region um you know put people ways for people to keep their progress more than just one-off arcadians right a single arcadian actually does a lot to, to bring juice into your scene but you know we had gar prs for for norcal for a while from a, for, for a couple other regions for a while that 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 wasn't that bad for keeping that idea alive but um i think with greater skill stratification you need to do more um, than just running a double limb and throwing some tables and, and CRTs in the room, you know? Um, it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the buyer's market right here. That's the, the, the classic. This is what I talk about, Blur. 
That's my it's my new uh it's it's like my version of Edwin saying KPI on every single or show. ROI, yeah. You say uh, both, man. You love them both. Melee is a buyer's market, right? If you, we talked about this, if you want to play an ultimate, if you are an ultimate player and you want to play good ultimate, how do you do that? You fucking travel because you can't do it online. Uh, but if you want to play good melee, you can play pretty serviceably good melee uh, from your you know, desktop or from your like laptop possibly even you know uh if if you are like a top player and you want to get good falco practice you don't have to go fly to you know socal and hope that mango enters or like play fiction at, at wave dash or whatever you can just hit them up and play them online so there has to be some other reason for people to attend stuff right this is what buyer's market is this is what i keep talking about is that literally putting melee out there is not enough because you can't just supply the game and say get at it there needs to be some other reason there needs to be like you said either a larger reason to go in terms of like what this means you know right like points and stuff like that or there needs to be a region for some or a reason for someone to go maybe it's a cool region maybe they got other shit to do right this is about classic buyer's market i mean this is where we're at what's up edwin i have one final thing this has this is pretty much nothing to do with the state of melee right now, but Blur, it's something I want to briefly br pick your brain on. Is there literally any chance by the end of 2022 or the middle of 2023 that uh, we see Nintendo announce a new Smash game? And if that happened, uh, what would the impact of that be on the on melee and sort of like our stream game? Because right now, as it stands, by a by this December, it'll be about like four years since Ultimate came out, I think. And I, I do kind of wonder if the Smash series, where, where the series will go and how that'll impact us and how mail, the Melee scene will operate around it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious too. It's a good question. Has it, has it been four years? Is, is that the it number will right be. now? It's like three and a half right now. Three it's and uh, half. 2018, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's usually, uh, if I remember correctly, around six years between releases. That's been the cycle, at least so far. And um, what usually happens is the first year after the game releases um, is like the biggest year for that mm -hmm. game, right? Period. And it stays pretty freaking big um, after that. Um, obviously, it tapers off after the first year, just as natural. And then when the new game gets announced, it drops off a cliff. <laughs> um really badly and sometimes in an ugly fashion like if you remember that evil finals with the two yeah, players tro trolling and people booing like it, it gets it gets real nasty because people want to play the new game and they don't want to waste time and effort and money competing in the in this thing i actually remember myself before brawl uh not playing melee for a little while this is one of the big reasons that melee even declined during that time because i was like oh what's the point of playing and going to every tournament for melee because I'm just going to get hella good at brawl. Yeah, everyone knows yeah. how that turned out. Brawl wasn't a game I wanted to compete in in the end anyway, right? Um, so, so, so my point is is that one thing that could happen is that in after an announcement, um, it could make attendance numbers drop, which means melee might have to hold its own a little bit better than we are currently right now, which 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 would be troublesome. Um, another thing that will happen is once you survive that period. Uh, you'd probably have 
so many new players. Like, it, I'd assume it would be as big or bigger uh, than Ultimate uh, for naturally. Um, who knows, though? It's hard to say because if it's on a new system, who knows if it's as big as the Switch, right? If we get another yeah. Wii U situation, right? Like, it really is dependent on how well the Nintendo console sells in some ways, right? You, The Switch is, like, one of their best systems ever, right? Pretty much agreed upon by everybody. The, it's, it's just a really good gaming system. And so so we're benefiting from that. I don't know what their next thing will be. Um, and, and so it's hard to say. I don't really expect, you said end of 2022. I don't think it's going to happen that soon. But next year, eh, that's right around when the shoe might drop, right? And so it definitely m- m- will impact us in, in, in many ways um, from that. I'm excited to see what happens from here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think there's reasons to be, if not worried, there's reasons to be mindful of what's going on. But we've shown it in the past. And uh, I'm just going to let history repeat itself on that one. Blur, you've asked, uh, you've answered some lovely questions that we have for you. And now we've got some questions from the patrons. So this is from a fellow Marth man. This is from, uh, I think Edwin believes that he is the next Edwin. <laughs> this is from SF. Uh, he's his own person. This is, Okay, he's his own person. This is from SF. Uh, do you still think Pikachu is a top five character? I think Pikachu 6 is what I've had for a while. Okay. So this is really the fault of SF for a bad question. Did you meet... Uh, do you remember meeting SF, Blur? Like, would you be able to pick him out in a crowd? Yes. If he, like, if he robbed your car and then he Obviously. was in a lineup. Yes. I don't forget okay. faces. Okay. okay. Yes. Point. My good Edwin. friend SF. Edwin, you got it one? You got a yeah. good question? So this is from Zadrio. Blur, where do you see yourself in terms of community involvement in the next five years? Do you have any plans on commentating, TOing, or working behind the scenes like you have in the past? Uh, I mean, I still do stuff. Like, so I'm going to BC. I'm going to commentate a little bit. Um, you know, so I'll do that. Um, I, uh, you know, I help consult TOs and advise them, like with TMT and and so on, like kind of been really behind that one for a while. Um, and I help players get signed and that sort of stuff. Basically, I'm just, I'm always like up to no good, like in the conversations, whether I want to be or not, usually because people just tell me shit. Like, you know, if, if you guys are wondering if like, I'm not even running tournaments right now, why do I usually stay in the know despite that? It's because people want my advice is, is the genuine, genuine reason uh, usually. They get told stuff because they, they voluntarily tell me it. Um, so I expect that to keep happening. But, yeah, I don't really expect myself to, like, uh, like start TOing majors again until I see a reason to, I guess. Um, I really – I did – I've loved TOing. It's fun. But it's kind of a thing I, I think I did really well. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's, there's no career behind it. So, like – I kind of would need a way to support myself while spending so much time doing it. I'm not as hot on like risking my financial future every year like Sheridan and Robin do. Um, and I certainly don't like the whole yearly major thing. Usually when I do stuff, it's because I'm like bored and I'm like, let's run a Mango's birthday bash because Mango's birthday is coming up and that's fun. Right? Like, or like, oh, let's just run. I guess I did holiday bash where it's like, I want to run a tournament without like the top 10 players present because I think it'd be funny. 
it'd be cool right um or like you know similar ideas of just like just a one-offs where i'm not committed to run like something every year so probably similar to what i am now and um i like playing a lot it's hard to put a lot of hours into melee uh like i like i, I could so i'll probably just be playing a bunch and just just around you know but not not like probably as much as when i had a full-time job dedicated to it lovely answer from our um patron question superstars Adria. we've got uh we've got another question here this is from Yamham. have you seen any good ruins lately oh my god i might soon so i'm gonna probably go to two trips um soon um yeah. next month or so i haven't booked them so after vancouver um I'm, I'm i'm probably going to mexico uh like uh that's like cancun area so that's not, not gonna be not gonna be any ruins there's gonna be a lot of like you know a, a little blur party time um and uh like tulum and stuff and then and then i think uh also next month i'm probably gonna go to israel for the first time which i'm a little scared about but also interested in because I, i've always wanted to see like jerusalem and and mm -hmm. just in general just to see with my own eyes what's going on in that country and and also just like um just see like the history behind uh, a lot of that and i think that's where i'm gonna see a ton of ruins so i'm excited about the ruins and that's it and that's an area um so you know probably in the next month i'll have some stuff for you but uh not not super recently well i'm excited to hear about these ruins whenever you see them for definitely report back the the fans the fans are always asking about the ruins so we need to hear back um but yeah i mean of course you know you've been on this is where the ruins come from we have uh last segment of our show it's the uh unnamed officially unnamed segment known by true fans as touching grass we have the segment where i'm sure i don't have to explain it but we talk about what's been going on in our lives recently that is not melee um so last time we had an episode because we are trying to be a bi-weekly podcast we're trying to be a bi-weekly podcast but there's too many events so it's, it doesn't actually happen but we had a whole week off so we so i um i did a lot of things i <laughs> i think one thing that i did a lot was i watched um like all of Silicon Valley, the HBO show. I watched it because I, I watched it while I was out, and then I didn't have HBO for the last two seasons, and I just like didn't, you know, I'm not a pirate or I didn't pirate it, uh, and then I have it now, so I was like, I'll I'll watch it all. It was very good, but that's not going to be my answer. I'm going to have to go with something that I just did this past weekend. This past weekend, I um I went to, I kind of like. <laughs> I uh, just kind of snuck. I basically snuck into a trip that my sister was going on um, to resort with her family. That was very nice. Was great time spending time with my nieces. I got five nieces. I saw three of them that trip. The next day is Memorial Day. I went to a party and I saw the other two. They're amazing. They're all great. They're cute. They all, you know, are young enough where I'm still interesting and cool. Uh, apparently, I was doing a bit. With one with two of them. I was doing a bit about uh it was Memorial Day, so I was like, Monday feels like Sunday. Well, what tomorrow's gonna feel like Monday, but it's really Tuesday. And I did this, you know, I thought it was dumb, but they woke up the next morning and they said it feels like Monday, even though it's Tuesday, and they all laughed and they said that I was the funniest guy they know. And then my one niece was like, actually, this kid in my class, Archer's the funniest guy. But I but love to be nominated. Um, so I, I guess that's my little, my little touching grass moment is I got to spend time with my nieces and they all, they all love their uncle wheat. So that was a very good experience. Edwin, uncle wheat, right? 
They all love Uncle Wee. I, I did ask my, my niece recently. I, she gave me a very cute answer. I said, do you think we won't be friends anymore when I when you're too big for me to pick you up? And she said, no. She said, I think we'll still be friends. I thought it was, I was just joking around. I was, I was trying to make her laugh. But no, she, she gave me a really cute answer. So they all love Uncle Wee. Edwin, what's been going on with you? Oh, God. I don't know where to start. <laughs> I talk about the Celtics. Eh, yeah, I guess. You, don't, you didn't watch them. I'm just like not just a bat. I'm not super into basketball like I used to be. Uh, I watched a reality TV show called F Boy Island, which I binged <laughs> on uh, HBO. Uh, I I had a was feeling pretty sad one day, so I literally just watched all of it uh, in two days. It was pretty bad. I really hate when reality TV shows like add contestants midway through, or they like change something about the structure or rules that they don't make clear at first. It just like they think it's like the producers think that it adds like a twist or like something crazy. But if there's no structure, then it doesn't mean anything. It's it's quite bad. I wouldn't recommend the show to anyone. But the more interesting thing that um, I should I'm going to pick for my segment is that I've continued my Batman uh, watching. So last time you heard me talk about this, I had seen the first two of the Nolan trilogy. I have now watched The Dark Knight Rises. I've watched uh, Batman Forever, Batman Robin, and the original Batman, or Batman 1989. So that's been pretty fun. I think uh, I think I have a pretty good idea of like what each of the directors do well and what they don't do well now. Um, I really like the new Batman quite a bit, even though I think even though I think it's bloated. I think it does a ton like really well in building Gotham and like creating this network. No, it's terrible. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Come on. Blur. I thought I thought it was so bad. Yeah. Blur. Blur. Question. Hey. When's the last Batman movie you saw that wasn't the most recent one? When Wait, you- I'm not done. Oh my god, go on. So I've just been watching all these Batman movies. Um, I love The Dark Knight Rises. I think The Dark Knight Rises is the logical conclusion of the other two Nolan trilogies, in that it just fully leaps forward into never questioning its own logic and just like being the super exciting to watch a lot of great like top high moments um but just like ridiculous uh ridiculous stuff that just like nobody in the movie questions it and like you're not allowed to question it because it's batman but like the soundtrack is killer hans zimmer just like knocks it out of the park honestly i think that might be my favorite batman movie the dark knight rises of pure vibes i i loved it i thought bane was great um I'm not so. I actually thought the shoot. I I didn't like the Schumacher duo very much, and I was kind of. Movies are bad. Yeah, Schumacher movies are bad. But even the first Tim Burton one, I think it does a lot well. But all the interesting scenes in the original Batman and Batman '89 are all with Joker. It feels like Tim Burton just wanted to make a movie about him. (laughs) And you can kind of tell. Yeah. So so um, it's interesting because within the last year, I watched the Tim Burton '1989. Batman for the first time. Um, I did it because I was about to play uh, Batman for the NES. Oh, I wanted, I want, I want, well, you know, I want to culturally immerse myself appropriately. <laughs> and so I was like, might as well watch it here. Um, and what I think, I thought that basically I'd actually seen all the best parts of the movie before I'd watched it. Mm-hmm. So I, I was curious, like overall, I thought it was really bad. Um, mm, but then, but then there were like a few lines uh, you know, dance the pale moonlight, that whole that whole stuff, like mm. the few choice quotes from um, 
and Joker in particular, which were great, but I actually had seen them because they're so iconic before I watched it. It's kind of why I feel like I was never a Star Wars guy because even though like I actually uh, think the first three movies are pretty good and I think the rest is trash, uh, the first three movies never even hit that hard for me or, or, or much at all because I knew everything that was going to happen. I knew all the impactful scenes before it happened. It's just too cultural, right? In, in, in a similar way, I felt that with, with this. And I, I very much felt that Batman for the NES was a better product than the actual movie it was based on, like by a lot. Um, so, which, which is very common with Batman because I think there's, I think the, 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 the Nolan trilogy is the only good Batman movie, personally. Hmm, um, interesting. Pretty, pretty like clearly. You at all. Huh? You didn't like the new one. No, I didn't think it was good at all. I can't, I'm surprised anyone would think that. And I, I question the taste of anyone who does. Um, I, so, yeah. I started this whole thing, by the way. I don't think I even used it as a touching grass. I, it's just, it was such a non, you know, starter in my life. I did watch the Batman movies because I saw the Batman. Uh, and then Edwin also did it and made it five touching grasses in a row. Uh, once you watch the Nolan trilogy again, I swear it's so <laughs> different. It's I remember watching them. I had such a high opinion, time. and then I watched them like ten years later. I just watched them like you know. I watched Dark Knight Rises, you know, two days ago. It's such a funny movie, and I think Edwin, you're somewhat insane for thinking it's the best, but also, it's like There's so much charm to it. Like it does. It's so weird. The first two movies are like the entire selling point is like they spend each spend like two hours going like this is like real. This is gritty. It's gritty. We're not them. Like, all those other superhero movies are all... No, we're real and gritty. And then the third movie, it's like, yeah, there's a guy who's like got a big mask on, and, and he came from a hole in the desert where, like, there was a big, uh, you know, this is a big hole there, and if you get out, like, only one person... Like, it comes with all these, like, these things. I described it to Edwin. It was like a sci-fi movie because there was all these things that you had to believe. And usually, like, sci-fi and fantasy, that's, like, world-building. But this was also, like, trying to be somewhat realistic. And it wasn't, like, the only reason why you as the viewer should, like, believe these things and buy these things is because if you don't, it's not a good movie. Like, like they keep, like, building up on, on all this thing. They're like, yeah, so society collapsed and, uh, you know, they, they might blow up the city. So no one from the world is going to do anything they're on their own and uh and you know there's going to be like scarecrows here and he's judging if you should go on the ice or not and it's like these insane ideas that they don't spend any time trying to make you believe and it's just like literally like sink or swim it's like bro what are you gonna do are you gonna like critique this or are you actually gonna like just blindly believe this despite the fact that they didn't give you a reason to and just believe it and edwin i think if you do blindly believe it i actually do think it's a good movie <laughs> yeah i i so i one, one of the things i'm going to say to sort of compliment what you're bringing up is you have to remember i'm seeing i saw all three nolan movies within like the span of a week right i think the interesting thing with the dark knight rises is that like it almost takes the lessons that you would think the audience is supposed to take away from the first two movies and it flips them on its head but, like, you can tell that I, – I think you can tell that Nolan, like, in between the second movie and the third movie was really thinking about, like, how to top the Dark Knight because that's such a hard thing to accomplish for what the Dark Knight does well. So he made this movie about, like – he made this movie about, some like, someone who was supposed to be a hero reconciling with the lessons that he had learned, like, through his journey and realizing that it was incomplete 
and having to like bring it back to a resolution and having to resolve it in a very different way. I, with I don't know how long we want to be talking about Batman movies, but Bane's dope. And it's, he's, his voice is awesome. That's really all the, that's enough reason to like it. Robert Pattinson doesn't even freaking act in that movie. He's an emo boy when he's Bruce Wayne. He's an emo like boy him. when he's Batman. He loses every fight. He great. loses every fight. The Catwoman ah, romance. Ah, the Catwoman romance me. is terrible. It's way too no, long. Not angry at all. Watch the Dark Knight Batman. Rises. There's no romance there, and then they kiss, and then suddenly he wants to the, spend the, the rest of her life. The, okay, the Catwoman romance is horrific. Anyways. The movie sucked. It, I can't believe anyone would think it's good. And you're like, is awesome in the Batman. You see all the criminal network and all this no, stuff. Edwin, he, he made up his mind. He can't right, be right, swayed. Right. Uh, I, of course, I can't be swayed. It's like, I, it's, it's, it, I, I'm not even on the fence here. I'm like, this is a garbage movie. It was, it was, it was, it's nice to make fun of every once in a while. Blair, I'm going to send it. you a clip. It's the clip of the one of the best scenes in the dark Knight rises i actually honestly think that you could say that this is the best scene it's the scene in the are you, are you saying the the uh miranda tate one no i'm saying the scene in the plane i'm gonna send you a clip of this because it is amazing it is a oh, guy right. who played Littlefinger, and he's like yelling he's like he's like yelling at the top of his lungs in the plane and he's like so who are you are you bane and it sounds like so quiet and strained. And then Bane, who's supposed to have a mask on and a hood over his head. It doesn't matter is, who we are. It's the loudest thing in the world. <laughs> it's, the audio <laughs> mixing is amazing. It's a fun movie if you accept it. I think that if you don't accept what it puts through, it's like got so many weird things. But if you accept it and just like, yeah, this is the movie. I think it's a good movie. Blur. What have you been doing recently? I don't mean to take any more time to talk about Batman. What's been your touching grass moment? Oh, first of all, I haven't been touching a lot of grass. I mean, technically, I went outside yesterday because uh, I was out with family. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, only only true nerds appreciate, uh, you know, this, this sort of stuff. So I'm very organized with my content consumption. And this sound it's so gluttonous. It's terribly gluttonous, but these are the things I can do. Um, and you know, you know, I, I like anime, I like books, I like, you know, movies, I like all these things, but I'm not as organized about them as I am with video games, because video games are my favorite medium by far. I'm watching Black Lagoon right now, by the way, as, 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 speaking of anime, great show so far. Um, and so I'm actually I, I'm actually a crazy person because I'm doing I'm trying to do what I think I doubt any other human has ever done before. Which is, I basically am trying to make a list of like about 2,000 of the most notable and most appealing games to me of all really? time. Like that I feel like I, I should have on my list of to-dos before I die. And I want to use this spreadsheet until the day I die. And nat and slowly take, take games off the list, basically, right? Because I did the math on I was like, dude, if you make a list of longer than like 1,500 or 2,000, you're literally never going to get to it. Not possible in one lifetime. Right. So what are the most important? Right. And I'm at this point, I'm like through about half of the consoles. Uh, I did like NES, Master System, Game Boy, Game Gear, etc. So I spent I literally all of yesterday. And this is where only, you can only truly appreciate the madness of, you know, the Crimson Blur in these moments. And just if you really want a real uh, like picture into my life, you know, look, I was looking into the, you know, what is the best version of getsu fuma den which is like a freaking nes game japanese only 
you know, and and, and similar, uh, similar like, is it worthy of being on the list? Looking at random reviews and curations to figure out what makes a list and what doesn't. What is what's ultimately able to make it, and then I'm going to systematically organize, go through, and beat all these fucking games because I. I, for some reason, I've got in my head that it's my life's journey to have the, the most comprehensive knowledge of video games that any human has ever had. You were put uh, on this world for a reason. To, to beat video games. I'm a god gamer. I'm a god gamer. Blur. That's what I was born to be. Blur, I have a question. Is there like a alternative or like version of Letterboxd, but for video games? Um, You know, this is actually... It's it's you're you're bringing it up because I've said that there needs to be a my animalist letterbox equivalent these sort of things for video games and the fact there isn't it the reason why what I'm doing is in a way going to be culturally important for the world is because no one's really done it well like like legitimately like figured out what the games that are good are now the problem is I'm using there are, a little bit to my taste like some some games I'm just not going to care about like. I don't, for example, really care about light gun shooters. Like, I just don't care about, I don't, they're all the same, and I don't really care about light gun games. Like, they're not going to make my list because I just don't care. And th so, there's a, so it's a bit personal, but overall, it's really hard to fucking find games, and there's no, like, site like that. And I think that would help that problem incredibly. If instead of having this massive list that I'm individually finding and making for myself through finding word-of-mouth sources and top 10 lists and top, top 100 lists and etc it was a good way of actually fucking doing it like like imdb does or my only list does for games that are good and please don't say metacritic please don't <laughs> uh then uh then yeah that, that would that'd be great but for some reason this 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 problem in the world is stuck in my crawl and uh, i'm dedicating absurd amount of time to, of, of time into it what's called backlog that is getting linked in the chat do you know yeah I, I i yes i do look i've <laughs> yes i do i I've, for whatever reason i've uh, i have i've gone into it. so backlogged is is pretty good at especially uh putting your list of games into uh into it figuring out what games are worth your while it doesn't really do so that's is, that's a more of a personal thing like letterboxd is then that's what it seems like so you want the you know like the the thing that they sent on Voyager. You want the golden record. You want this. They're gonna send this list to the aliens to know what video games to play. This is what you want. At least I'm gonna have it. The the one important <laughs> thing is, look, the the list of what games came out for the NES is never gonna change. So I True. now have a list of I think my NES list ended at like 111. My Trevor Graphics list is only 33 because I didn't feel like enough games made it, you know, from that system made it on there, right? Uh, would make a 1500 list um, and, and so on. But basically, uh, that list is never really going to change much because I've now spent actual time looking into it so deeply for myself on a personal level. So in 20 years, you know, I'll, I'll always know what's worth playing on those systems instead of having to like, I actually feel like I'm saving time because. I've spent so much of my time like trying to figure out what's worth my time that now I'm just front loading it and making a spreadsheet that's going to last the end of time instead of having to repeatedly do it for the rest of my life. Blair, I respect the dedication. You are, uh, you know, you are at home here. People making extensive lists, people making extensive spreadsheets. Uh, before we go, I want to show you 
I don't think I talked about it on the podcast, even though it's been sitting next to me for like weeks straight. Uh, but um, you, the thing is, we is you actually don't know how deranged what I'm doing is. If I you saw the spreadsheet, you'd be like, "This is a big like whatever spreadsheets you've ever seen. This is a this is actually multiple spreadsheets because I'm li- hitting Google Sheets limits." First uh, off, like, it's 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 not healthy. <laughs> okay, Continue. first off, uh, I don't appreciate you telling me I don't know what this. Secondly, I think if you're hitting Google Sheet limits, you're not being economic in your cells. They give you some delete. You got to delete cells there. Okay. I'm going to show you that a couple weeks ago, my brother came over and we made uh, a list of our favorite. We ranked all 124 major sports teams um, uh, in terms of how much we like them. And there was a lot of compromises that need to be made. I don't think that I would agree on all of these, but it was like something where we made, we made one of these like, 12 years ago or something like 15 years ago maybe and i'm like my brother he had a day off and i was i was i was free so i was like you know what we're gonna redo it are your bottom four all boston teams no oh come on man number uh number 124 with a bullet dallas cowboys yeah i i I, that would have been my other guess not the patriots well i like the red Sox, so they got up a little higher than everything else and then all the other boston teams are falling at the you know 101 teams so apparently what the dallas uh cowboys owner does before signing a player is he calls them and he, he tells them how would you like to put a star on that helmet i have to admit that's a badass enough phrase that i can't actually hate them like that's, that's such a for fucking, guys like you, man. Look, I'm not a, a Cowboys fan, but you got to admit that's fucking badass. You know, we. I think I. I think I told you a while ago, like when. Uh, when I'm still like obviously very into the NFL and like football, but like when. Uh, when I was in high school, my second team, people would ask me what it was in football, and I'd always answer the Cowboys, but not because I liked seeing them do well, but because I thought it was really funny when they would do like bad or just like embarrass themselves. So I was like a, a masochistic like fan of watching the Cowboys just like mess things up and then just like randomly beat like a super good team and then go back to like losing in some like heartbreaking way. It was like a very twisted like masochistic like thing. I, I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Yeah, dude, they suck. It's fun to watch them lose. Yeah, sort of. If so- I had to make a list of the teams that I think it's most fun to watch them lose, they'd be maybe number yeah. one. When, when they... <laughs> When they didn't let the ref touch the ball and the time just ran out. Yeah, when Jason Garrett iced his own kicker. Although although that wasn't great, but because because of that game, the Giants made the playoffs and then the Giants ended up beating us in the Super Bowl. So you know. I'm a little bummed out the Spurs only got the ninth pick. It's fucked up. See Top that's the player. Give it huh? to me. Top, Top what? Of all time. Uh Tim Duncan. Number two is controversial, but it's where my heart – the heart wants what it wants. Mange Nobly. No, dude. Number three, number three, David. Number number three, David Robinson. That's where we're at. Number number four, Tony Parker. Number five, uh, Sean Elliott. You're not, not a Gervin fan? Yeah, no no love for George Gervin. It's, I am, but, like, literally I wasn't born then. So, like, it's one of those things where – Kawhi? You're, you're at – Kawhi's not – he's dead last. <laughs> Yeah, what are you talking I, about? Yeah, I guess Kawhi. He's dead last. He's dead last. Don't even talk about it. There's nothing. Um, I only put I put Mono two because like, look, the heart wants what it wants, right? 
The heart wants what it wants. And I love Madu. I love I love them all. I love them all. But right now, uh, I'm, I'm a little worried because next year looks like a lot of the same. So we'll see. You know uh, who, who my number one is personally? It's uh, because thank you, NBA 2K13, which I used to play all the time, is Patty Mills. I used to just uh, I used to have Parker play as a six man in my two K lineups, but I would just uh, cheese three pointers with Patty Mills because he was also very fast. Edwin, can you do a Patty Mills? Like, can you say Patty Mills in a Patty Mills accent? Uh, no. <laughs> can you just do an Australian accent, man? No, Asha, this is my weak point. I, this I, is your one weak point. Well, finally, we did almost fifty episodes of the show. We finally found your weak. Yeah, point. I can't. Do, I can't do Australia. It's, it's a little hard. Okay, say Patty Mills in whatever accent comes to you. Whatever accent's not your weakness. It's going to get me canceled. I can't do it. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, then we, we should probably end the show before you get canceled. Blur, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank spending you. all your time talking about Melee and then spending a lot of time talking about Batman and Spurs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure nice. we could do another two hours, but uh, we'll save that for another episode. We'll get you on. I think uh, I think you're a third timer now. So Huge, huge. You're comfortable. We can get you on one more time, and then when you join the fourth timers club, then we gotta kick you out because uh, we promise jackets if you get it five times. And uh, look, I don't know if the budget. I, I I don't know what it's looking like, so maybe we can't do jackets. But I'm happy that you know you've been on so many times, and happy to see you at least once more. Do you uh nice. you want to tell people where to follow you? No, they already know. If uh, I hope so, I don't know. <laughs> Like I barely tweet anymore, so like just just I'll be on shows like this every once in a while. Sounds uh, good. You'll see me. Edwin, last time we did this, I, I think I stumbled over my words and I said I'd let you try one. You wanna do it? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh so if you really like this episode, you can be sure to check it out on Spotify or you can go to Melee Stats Archives on YouTube. If you want to check out some of the films that we have going on, you can go to the Melee Stats YouTube channel, a separate one from Melee Stats Archives. You can follow us on Twitter at Melee Stats Pod, where we'll be posting things like Last Night in Melee, news on player sponsorships, When's Melee, even posting links to Monday Morning Marth. If you want to access all that material directly, you can go to our website at MeleeStats.co, where you can read Monday Morning Marth and When's Melee directly. And if you just generally like anything we do and you want to throw a couple bucks our way or so, you can visit us at patreon.com slash stats where your support really makes a difference, helps us do a lot of really cool things. And who knows, we may have some news on upcoming films coming up pretty shortly. We're going to have news on player sponsorships, just general other ways that we're going to be involved in the scene. I know one thing that I've been working on in a Melee Stats capacity is on a trivia board in Millionaire for Battle of BC4. So I'm really excited for that happening in about two weeks. But yeah, that's where you can follow us. That's everything we're doing. And we really hope to see you guys next week. A little wordy, but you've got some promise. You've got some raw potential. You've got that dog in you. We, thanks for hosting. All right, Do you want to sign off too? Yeah. You want to see us out? Yeah, JD. Everyone has left the video by now. Let's just get out of here. Peace, guys. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> yeah.